This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about WandaVision Episode 9, the series finale. So what now? Just gonna lock me up somewhere? No. Not somewhere. Here. Here? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the role you chose. The nosy neighbor. No. Please. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're cruel. You have no idea what you've unleashed. You're gonna need me. If I do, I know where to find you. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hiya, hun. Say, that's some kind of getup you're wearing. Did I leave the oven on, or is that just you, hot stuff? <laughs> you live here, now. No one will ever bother you. Okie dokie, artichokey. I'll be seeing you, Agnes. Not if I see you first, hun. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the finale of WandaVision, Episode 9, the series finale. Chris was supposed to be introducing this one, and did, and unfortunately seems to have had a problem with his mic. Um, We are going to release the episode as is, uh, with Chris's unfortunate sound problems. Might help to pretend that he is cosplaying as Vision, maybe, for the episode. A little bit tinny uh, in his vocals, but uh, I think it should sound okay in the end. Uh, Take it away, Chris. Yes, we're talking about the series finale. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and joined by my illustrious co-host. Gentlemen, speak now or forever hold your peace. I will never hold my peace. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And pointing out the hex, I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, welcome back, fellow defenders, mm-hmm. to the series finale, episode nine of One Division. Yes, gentlemen, we are here. It is a big one. We have officially come to the end of the first Disney Plus Marvel MCU, or just MCU, if you will, Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show. It is here. We are done. We've done all nine episodes, and what a nine episodes it has been. Absolutely. Yeah, it is just, what are your thoughts? Quick, give give me your quick Spur of the moment. Where are you at this before we jump into it? Uh, I loved this episode. I thought it was a fitting finale for the first MCU TV show. Um, I think maybe some expectations. I mentioned, mentioned it before, but I think some maybe some expectations that it was going to be bringing in a hell of a lot more from the MCU into the TV show probably uh, may have dampened some people's experience with the episode the first time they watched it. But uh, overall, watched the episode three times so far and uh, really enjoyed it. I loved it. Oh my goodness. This, I mean, this is 11 on my rating. Um, I just loved this. Mm-hmm. I think it was real, like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, um, <laughs> kind of thing. It, it just felt epic. It was really, really good. I loved Agatha and Wanda's battle. I loved the vision battle. I loved just, you know, zombie witches coming back to life in the sort of memory library of 
of Agatha. It was just so good. We had astral projection. <sighs> My goodness, we had the Sorcerer Supreme name dropped. Um, wow, yeah, loved it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, um, but I do, as you said, um, I feel sorry for those people who expected Mephisto, Mutants, Doctor Strange, and the kitchen sink all in this finale. And those ones who wanted Nick Fury <laughs> and Captain Marvel. It was just good fun, speculation, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The speculation is what we build our podcast on, really. <laughs> it really is. I got the Doctor Strange reference. So whilst he wasn't there in in body, he was there in spirit, which is apt for astral absolutely. stuff. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. One final bit of speculation, or one uh, initial bit of speculation before we go into the episode. Uh, we were talking about this just before we started recording. The episode name was added uh, after we watched the episode yesterday, as usual, with Disney+. Plus. Uh, episode title being The Series Finale. Um, I think that means that this is a one and done uh, for one division. That there is no season two. Um, they're always going to be open to the possibility if they uh, if they have a great idea, of course, for a season two. But I think this idea, because in the US uh, shows are defined by seasons, and then when they finish, it's a, an entire series of seasons. Whereas this episode was called the a definitive article series finale. So I think they're saying that's it for one division. I disagree. Okay. Um, I believe, if anything, it's just they don't have the story yet because Wanda, Wanda's story will be continued in Doctor Strange, as we've been told, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. Her story will continue there. It very much depends on where we are post that. Uh, and I think the, the key thing, and Kevin Vicky has said, they have some ideas of where some of the other shows would go in the season two. They just don't have a full... I think he said a full picture of where Wanda would go and Vision would go. He said that uh, some shows are built uh, with an idea for a second season and some yeah. shows are built leading into a future movie. This one's leading into a future movie uh, is one of the things. Speaking about speculation and, and more speculation, I want to just quickly pull in some feedback because we got some feedback during the week. It's better to pull this in now at the beginning of the episode before we go into it because these are pieces of speculation about what people thought was going to happen in the finale, uh, just in reference okay. to, uh, to what we thought. Uh, Jerry? Uh, sent in an email to us over at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, his speculation was that Dottie is Clay. Clay is working with Dormammu. They need Wanda's power to open up the dark dimension. Agatha's trying to warn Wanda of the danger before Clay stops her. Wanda is kidnapped as Doctor Strange shows up, and that's the end credits scene. Well, unfortunately, most of that didn't come to pass. Almost all of it. We did have a little <laughs> bit of a reference to Doctor Strange. Uh, I, I, I would be, I, I'd be remiss to say, pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of that. Sorry, Jerry. Doctor Strange was even, even Doctor Strange wasn't. It was just the Sorcerer Supreme. That, that's as far as yeah. we got. I have to say, I saw this coming from from Jerry, and I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, uh, I love all this kind of stuff, and. Also, I should add, given that it tied in with a Dormammu um, three-and-a-half-hour special that I recorded with Tomes of Evil podcast, mm -hmm. um, then, yes, I was quite excited by this. Um, so, fellow defenders, if you want to understand Dormammu a bit more, uh, and you've certainly got three-and-a-half hours <laughs> to, uh, to spare, then you can, of course... Uh, head on over to Tomes of Evil podcast uh, to listen to myself and Russell from Tomes of Evil discuss 
Dormammu from the 1960s all the way through to the MCU movie. Um, so, yeah, a yep. lot of detail there for Absolutely. sure. Um, it, it and didn't last 50 years. It lasted three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We could have been there all day, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was really good discussion and conversation. Um, so, yeah, go on and head on over and check that out. And while we are plugging some things, I would like to promote that my two fellow podcast hosts are also on another show, the one and only Fakest. The season uh, trailer dropped last week, and mm-hmm. I do believe you may recognize some of the voices. <laughs> Gentlemen, give your plug before we get into the second pre-episode release email feedback we got. Yes, the Fakest. This is where we we put on our acting chops, and mm. uh, we also put on our improv comedy chops um for that's a lot of chops yeah it is a lot of chops Mm -hmm. um for season three of the fakest uh where i reprise my role of ron jolliver Mm -hmm. uh yes the um i guess aka john oliver in a different reality not created by wanda (laughs) a multiverse it, it is a multiverse kind of. of our own verse. Yeah, kind of. The, the focus is a, a, a comedy show um, with the idea of a, of a news station that only uh, deals in fake news. Uh, so it's a, a fun a fun show. But uh, this season, uh, each of us got an episode. Uh, so myself and John have an episode. I think it's episode eight uh, of season three. So in a couple of weeks time, uh, we'll definitely talk about it again on our on our podcast. But yes, I got to play Ron Jolliver's partner, Roy, uh, who's obsessed with the TV show uh, My So-Called Life and looking forward to a Hollywood style remake uh, <laughs> for his future. So uh, that's a lot of fun. And I also got to play the father of the fakest, uh, Paul Defoe's father, uh, Montepere Defoe. So uh, um, John brought his acting chops. I just brought my voice. Uh, both, I think, characters sound very similar <laughs> to my current voice. But anyway, yeah, a lot of fun. Go over to the Fakest and check that out. Yes. Uh, we do have one other piece of pre-episode feedback, as, as Chris mentioned, uh, to talk about. Uh, Eric Carl uh, says, I just wanted to throw it out there before the episode airs. I think the last episode will be called Special Two-Part Season Finale and be the longest episode so far. Based on the rest of the titles being TV-related and lots of season finales of sitcoms are double episodes. Love the podcast. Looking forward to the finale. You know what? Eric is kind of right in some of that. It was yeah. called the series finale rather than the two-part season finale. And it was the longest episode. It was 49 minutes, including uh, the credits and post-credit scenes and all that kind of stuff. So that's the longest episode of the season, but not a two-hour long finale, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but it was great. Uh, well done, Eric. You, 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 get, you get half point. Half point. Half point. Exactly. Jerry, Jerry, you, you get none. You get no points. No point. No, he he get he gets half point as well just for sheer um speculation in okay. it going in a fab direction, at least from my point of view. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But gentlemen, with that pre feedback, pre episode feedback in the bag, I think it's about time we jump on over to our own thoughts and feelings about this episode yes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls please if you have not at this point head on over to our website at tvpodcasting.com to leave us feedback on any uh any thoughts you have on the season now you've seen it all we will also be doing a full wrap-up along with our pub quiz wrap-up next week so make sure you pop in and have a listen and look at that you can also send us some love by subscribing on any Wiccan or Android-loving podcast player. You can get us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. We are there, thanks to our producer extraordinaire, 
Finally, you can also send us your email feedback at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can also head on over to patreon.com and help us keep our producer in caffeine uh, because that is the only way that we get a podcast <laughs> out on any regular schedule because we basically hook it to his veins. Yes, and the army of mutant hamsters that are powering the electricity <laughs> for this podcast. Yes. So essentially, we have a hex going around, and they think they're in their own special world, <laughs> their own Westview, but it's actually just powering that hub of our podcast. We, we call them the X-Hams. <laughs> <laughs> or the H-Men. Anyway, gentlemen, let's move on with this season finale. Uh, Derek, you want to tell us the episode Dare I say it, the Inhue Hams. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that will just say. Go on. Derek, do you want to tell us who wrote and directed this episode? Absolutely, yeah. The episode was directed once again, as every episode this season was, by Matt Shackman. And my theory about a great show having the finale written by the showrunner still holds. Yeah. <laughs> the showrunner, Jack Schaefer, wrote the, this episode. Um, she hasn't actually written an episode of uh, this season. So no. this is the only episode that she's written this season. But obviously, as the showrunner, came up with the concept and uh, and has been the guiding hand throughout the season. But uh, great to see Jack Schaefer writing this episode. Absolutely fantastic. Um, she hasn't done much press. I've seen Matt out there quite a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I'm very curious because I really, I, I, I'd love to grill on some of the, the finer details from mm-hmm. the, the, the actual kind of writing standpoint. But it seems, yep, she's a very uh, private kind of uh, person. Yep. Um, so very interested to see when she will do, will do some press. Maybe they were just holding it off until uh, post-season finale because she can give all the juicy details. Yeah, potentially. I think, I think yeah, Matt, Matt Shackman has talked about a, a lot of the process so far about making the show and that kind of stuff. I know we have the making of coming out on Disney Plus next week. Yes. Um, so hopefully we'll see more detail behind uh, the, the concept of the story and how it was all made and how it was all put together. I'm really excited to see that now. Uh, the making of shows on Disney Plus have been really, really good. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this final episode of one division. Okie dokie, artichokey. <laughs> Westview becomes the battleground between both magic and sentient technology, as both Wanda and Vision fight for home, family, and themselves. Agatha Harkness and the newly crowned Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, face off against each other as Agatha explains the Darkhold Book of the Damned. She begins to absorb Wanda's power and offers her a bargain to return to a peaceful life. Meanwhile, White Vision, sent to neutralise Wanda, battles to destroy Vision. But who is the real Vision? As fighting becomes a philosophical debate, both Visions reach an understanding, and White Vision disengages from his attack and leaves. As both witches float above Westview, Agatha's offer is shown to be a double cross, as Billy, Tommy and Vision are caught in Wanda's created reality, and will disappear if the Hex is removed. But Wanda has a few tricks of her own as she employs the magical runes to neutralise Agatha's magic and return her to the eternal nosy neighbour, Agnes. In the aftermath of the battle, Wanda realises that Westview cannot continue for its residents nor for her family, and as the Maximoff family return to their home, Wanda begins to collapse the magical hex. As Billy, Tommy and Vision say goodbye and return to the ether of the universe's energy, Wanda begins a new journey on her own. 
The FBI's Jimmy Woo and Swords Monica Rambeau assist with the cleanup in Westview. After the credits, the investigation in Westview continues, but Monica is visited by a scroll as an old friend of her mother would like to meet her up there in space. Meanwhile, Wanda has found an isolated cabin in the mountains to escape from the madness of the previous events. As she makes a cup of tea for herself, her astral form absorbs the teachings of the Darkhold, but she is interrupted by the screams of her sons, Billy and Tommy. Wanda, I'm here to bargain. Uh, I like that you got a little Doctor Strange uh, touch in there as well, yourself, John. Yes, and the madness. And the madness, absolutely. (laughs) So yes, big moments to massive... Uh, post credit scenes, um, setting up two future movies as well. Uh, let's go through the way we normally do with our top five notes about the episode. Uh, yeah, our structure is completely blown uh, from the beginning of the season. Uh, don't even have a discussion about the commercials in here. Uh, just have uh, our notes about the episode. So uh, where are we going to kick off? I think it's it, it could. Let's kick off at the, the, the beginning of this episode. Let's mm-hmm. kick off, uh, like all good uh, Avengers films, with a uh, a car flying from behind. The good old Wanda Maximoff uh, kind of maneuver, if you will, where Agnes exits stage left, pursued by a car. <laughs> uh, absolutely, this this was great. Actually, um, I loved it. It just felt like a pure wrestling move that Wanda, with her magic, sort of picked up sort of something analogous to a chair in the ring, uh-huh. in, and it was just like it was a family saloon car, yep. uh, and chucks it at. Uh, Agnes and of course just with the nice little Wizard of Oz reference here with the Wicked Witch of the Westview mm-hmm. uh, in this particular case yep. uh, really good to Where see we... Agatha's yeah. boots there uh, <laughs> underneath the car yeah yeah. Uh, shout out to Will B over on Twitter who sent us a, uh, an excellent um, tweet about this section <laughs> where it's you know Wanda's sent her two kids back into the house to go upstairs <laughs> and then throws a car through the house immediately after they go it was a different, different house <laughs> oh it was okay, cool. it was done it was Dottie's Right, okay, good, good. Because uh, the kids probably be pretty shocked by a car coming through the front of the house. <laughs> but, but I did like the kind of norm- normality of Wanda just saying to Billy and Tommy, get to your room, as mm-hmm. though they'd just been naughty sort of downstairs <laughs> in the living room or something yeah. like that. And then, but yeah, all this madness happening outside of, of the house. Very quickly, just want to call out, because I didn't do it in the last episode, the um, costume design. For uh, Agnes, yeah, or Agatha, I should say. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Agatha's costume design very reminiscent of her comic look. It's a comic accurate look, if you will. It's it, similar. Like, yeah. yeah, it's very similar and it looks fantastic. Especially when you have that kind of billowy, like floaty effect, it looks fantastic. Yeah, um, but I just didn't call it out in the last episode, so definitely, um, yeah, just amazing. It's it's very cool, yeah, very cool. Feels very witchy, as you say, Chris. Um, it does look different for the comic. I think we mentioned that that her her character face looks kind of like Aunt May. <laughs> She's like yes. a very old woman with yeah. a bun a bun hairstyle with, and um, with white hair and as white well. Hair, exactly. But. Like I, I kind of thought that maybe as she was, you know, we see here Agnes's power of being a magical sponge absorbing well, the yes. power from from Wanda. Um, you know, she she doesn't want the runes here like she had in the basement because she wants Wanda to to use her power. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wondered whether her hair was going to turn white as she uh, absorbed that power just because of the powerfulness of Wanda's <laughs> um, power. power. A lot of power. 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 Yeah, she describes power. it as, as uh, absorbing the power from the unworthy. So effectively, she is judged 
Wanda unworthy because Wanda hasn't been trained to use the magic. She's just very magic or very powerful. Um, loved that the way of showing her absorbing the magic where they, where Wanda's hand goes, goes completely black. It was like, uh, Dumbledore in, yeah. uh, in Harry <laughs> Potter. Exactly. It felt like her hand was withering as she went. Like we did see that obviously with, in Salem when she absorbed all the other witches' powers and they all, uh, get, get turned into these skeletons basically, uh, on the ground as everything gets sucked out of them. But I love just that touch of the hand turning to black. It's very cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. She says it's later on. Agatha d- says, "Power's not your problem, Wanda. It's mm-hmm. the lack of knowledge." And um, yeah. you know, but the, so I had a, I had a bit of a WTF about this because power isn't the problem. Her lack of knowledge is right, and we get that. But then the whole thing about the Scarlet Witch is what we learn later is that she doesn't need spells to cast magic. Like she doesn't she does. need the, the construction because she you no know, it makes it focuses it more. But the whole point is that she can just chaos magic is the creation without the the, the rules. I I think it's more that she doesn't have the knowledge, but it's pure instinct. So it, it's that kind of idea yeah. that if she was a hundred meter sprinter, she would be damn fast. Yeah, and a little bit of training would make her even more powerful and so i think that she doesn't need to maybe do the incantation because it's instinctual uh, because of the nature of the powers of the scarlet witch but beneath that there is this maybe maybe the the spells are more subconscious and that she's casting them that's kind of how i understood it yeah and i guess effectively brings two children into existence and her former lover into existence can you imagine what she could do if she had a manual showing her how, how to do all the other stuff? Can you imagine how how much more scary she would be if she was able to do all that other stuff? And yes, we will talk we about that. We don't have to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, guess what? They, anyway, yeah. can, let's move on. Um, the house goes, the car goes through the house, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get um, Vision with a W for White Vision. We call oh, okay. him Vision. <laughs> See, that's difficult because there's one there's Wanda's vision as well. So uh, yeah, but we we have one we have white vision around yeah, here. Yeah, let's say vision, 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 vision or... and colorful vision collision. Anyway, we have the white vision. He does uh, arrive, and we get this very touching. Oh, Wanda, and then I'm going to pop your head like a <laughs> yeah. grape. Yeah, which... I'm crushing your head. Yeah, I'm crushing <laughs> your head. yeah. Um, this was cool. I I did like it. Like this. Although I do very much hate Paul Bettany for the trolling, for those who aren't aware, <laughs> previously in a, a lot of the press in the last couple of weeks, he's been like, yes, th- there's a scene, couple of scenes coming up where he got to work with this amazing actor he's always <laughs> wanted to work with for his whole life. I and that actor turned out to be himself. I think yeah. that is awesome. I, I'm so impressed. I yeah. am so impressed. Like, you know, you might as well build up yourself, right? Nobody else yeah. is going to do it for you. So why not? <laughs> one of the best actors of my generation, born around the same time as me, that I wanted to work with all my life and never got the chance to work with. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I thought it was brilliant. And I have to say, you know, all props to Paul Bettany. Both characters felt completely distinctive. Yeah, yeah really, really good. good job. Yeah, yeah. Really e- good job. even like the facial expressions of, like yeah. just White Vision had this kind of disdain look on him all the time. He's yeah. almost doing different things with his lips as well. It yeah. was really, really good. Cool. He also tweaked the voice. Yes. Did I get, he did, didn't he? Because like, yeah. I, I got more of a, while Vision has like almost like a curiosity 
peak to the tone when he's talking. The white vision, I just got very computational, direct. I don't know if that makes sense. It just sounded different. It did, yeah. You could definitely hear more yeah. of Jarvis in it. Yeah, yeah. You could hear more could of the be, original yes. Jarvis back in the day. I, I, I actually was wondering, because there's been some reference to, uh, and we joked about it before, that if you if you Google the cast for this show, James Spader appears <laughs> on the cast list. But I was wondering whether they actually mixed in a bit of the Ultron voice into it. But no, it's definitely Paul Bettany. And there's no credit for, for James Spader at all. So. I guess as a sentient piece of technology, he, has a, he can have a built-in voice module. Later. So he could go full on share if he wanted to, Maybe. I guess. Um, or he could you believe in love after love from the Iron Man movies? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so talking like a like an Irish uh, an Irish voiceover artist. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but is there anything else about Agnes being pursued by the car? Anything else in this initial battle uh, as we as we start off the episode? I just I, I like the fact that Agatha's wit um, or Agnes's wit. You know that that little connection between those two characters is there where uh, you know because as white vision's crushing uh wanda's head she, she you know she's saved by uh vision mm-hmm. um and does agatha saying your ex and your boyfriend at the same party this is awkward uh you yeah. know it's just there's some really nice sort of um bits of dialogue from agatha throughout this oh, which absolutely. i really really liked yeah. um i think um Catherine Han is it's just so so good Brilliant. in in delivering them um yeah. i mean it's just like the wink meme that's going around she's she's done some really iconic kind of stuff here yeah. in in this series i'm so glad marvel and Kat, i'm assuming by by and a few others the casting directors and the scriptwriters have learned from previous mistakes of killing uh, bad guys mm. uh, or killing off bad guys like this they have oh, spoiler alert for when we talk about it later they kept her alive she can come back and that is amazing because she is just yeah that wit that um sarcasm yep. as the character i i could t- i could take an agnes show by itself like <laughs> well, an man. anti-hero agnes <laughs> uh kind of show by itself it would just be or, okay, as a leading character, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Catherine Hahn. I think she's been brilliant. And I, again, as you say, I love that she's been kind of put on ice, uh, can be used later in the future. Yes. Like, that's really cool. Um, I'm just a quick uh, other one from that moment as well, where Vision comes in and saves uh, Wanda from White Vision. I love that we do have a, a an actual moment where Wanda looks at Vision and says, I'm really sorry when I, I should have told you what happened when I realized what had been done. So uh, kind of making amends almost, because remember, they've been apart for two episodes now. They haven't had any interaction between each other for two episodes since, uh, since he tried to get out uh, back in the Halloween episode. So, um, so I like that there's that moment between the two of them before everything goes uh, a bit mental in, uh, in Westview. So I thought that was kind of cool. Speaking of things going crazy, let's get on to note number two. I suppose it's the, the battle continuing into the city of Westview. Um, Love how this is all resolving. Uh, The, the concept that basically there's now a choice here for Wanda. She either chooses to release everybody in Westview and shut down this whole thing that she's got going on, releasing everybody of Westview out into their normal lives, or she's able to keep her family because she's tied the uh, spell that she's done into bringing back Vision and bringing alive her two kids. So uh, I really, really like this. I love this kind of idea that she has to make this big sacrifice um, for the people of the town or allow her children to survive and still uh, imprison the people in the town. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I, I love the whole tension here between that. I mean, there's some really great moments where it's like, let's fight for our home that Wanda and Vision um, sort of exchange with one another right at the start. You know, you've got effectively magic on magic and vision on vision action going on. Yeah. Um, and the, there's a there's a really great moment as well, uh, very reminiscent of uh, The Incredibles, where... Uh, oh, yes. Wanda does the dome over her, uh, and and Vision and the two twins to protect them from Agatha. So this is like I loved um, just how they come together as this family unit to to defend themselves, yeah. but also their siblings and their mother and father and all this kind of stuff and the family. Really, really good. Um, there's so many things then that come through here like with the Westview residents Absolutely. coming back um it, it's just really really good like yeah. some big epic fight scenes here um, True. In, in in this moment between Wanda and Agatha and the two visions as well True, but also in the spirit of, of WandaVision, I love that it is coming down to conversations, effectively. The, yeah. the the way that Agnes uses her power to effectively take out Wanda and to try and convince her to, to give Agnes her powers is by releasing some of the Westview residents, by giving them back some part of their memories. They don't seem as freaked out. Like, we saw Norm released by Vision earlier on in the season, and he's, he's freaking out about the fact that he's got a sick father and his sister's all alone, whereas everybody else here seems to have a seems to be released slightly differently. They all seem a bit more measured and also feel like they can maybe plead with Wanda to allow their children to be released into the world, to allow them to be uh, to be back with their families. Um, so we see Dottie is actually just a resident of, of Westview. She's not a massive character like we thought she could possibly turn out to be. Real um, name she, Sarah. It's real name Sarah, yes, has a, has a young daughter uh, who could maybe be written into the storyline if you wanted to have a friend for your children. She's really pleading with Wanda um, to allow her to live at least with her child uh, in in this television show, if it is going to continue. Yeah, I, I really love this moment where Agatha breaks um, the connection that Wanda has with the people of Westview. Mm -hmm. um, and what does she say? She says, she's your meat puppet. I just cut her strings. Oh, Again, right. a nice little maybe nod to Ultron I, with the puppet yeah. in the strings. I um, absolutely had had uh, the voice of James Spader yeah. in my head. So um, yeah, got those strings. But yeah. as well, it's kind of, it, it fits in with that whole witchiness about it where, you know, it, it's the back in the 16th century or whatever where it's, you know, the townsfolk of the village being um, terrorized by the witch in the woods. And mm -hmm. it, it's this idea of, of that this is happening here in, in Westview. I, I love that. Um, and as you say, it, initially it's with Sarah, but then Agatha releases all of them. And I love that you have the people from the series like, like, um, uh, Norm and, all of them coming up to her and effectively having a good give give out to her, yeah. you know that um, we have your nightmares. That this grief that she has is yeah. poisoning them, and and the pain that they of hers that they feel, um, yeah. and because that's a massive revelation to Wanda. Wanda yeah. feels like she was kind of putting them into a protective cocoon, yeah. and that they were just in her TV show and everything's fine. But they tell her that. Every time she has a nightmare, they experience it. Every time she goes through a bad time, everybody else in the town is experiencing those feelings while they're unable to do anything about it. You know, again, you kind of see it here that Wanda, in effectively trying to shut them out and that truth, that she sets off 
Um, it, it looked very Raiders of the Lost Ark to me, where she the bolts of red magic go out and to form this stranglehold around mm. all the the residents, and and ultimately she she then sits a, sends a huge plume of her magic to break down the the hex barrier yeah. to let the people of Westview leave, um, and in that moment, that's where she understands that if she does this, and um, then Vision, Tommy, and Billy are going to start to disintegrate. Yeah. Oh, they do, I should say. Essentially, they're negotiating with a terrorist in their eyes. Like, that's why the, the, you're, like, they're not, they're not, they, they, they're beyond fear, if you will. In my head, they, they, it was so strange, like you said, they were like, like Sarah's there, just like, oh, I, I, I just want to spend time with my child. If you can write her in, please. Or then it's just like, oh, okay, no, like, you know, like, these are the wrong things to do. And then, Literally to Mrs. Harsh going, well, just kill us then. Just let us die, exactly, yeah. Yeah. This isn't the life, yeah. Yeah, like, it literally, you're going to, like, they're essentially negotiating. And again, this calls back to, and well, and my wrap-up, and my kind of end, whatever, and my defend, I'll talk about it. But essentially, this is every stage of grief in this series. Mm. It's like, the, whatever, the five stages of grief? Go, seven stages of grief. Grease, the grease lightning. I didn't even know that was the right tune. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they they go to bargaining almost as well. Um, so it's like just let us die, just like, yeah. and that's then once again shows Wanda her uncontrolled the the the. the the uncontrolled magic or the, 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 the damage it can cause because exactly. it starts to choke. So unconsciously, she gets upset, her magic lashes out. Yeah. And that's, I think, what kind of snaps her back to reality where, okay, I need to let them all go. She opens up or she begins to open up Westview. Yeah. And then you start to see she then, it, then that clicks with her where we start to see Billy, Tommy and Vision disintegrate. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and you have Agatha saying, you know, ex- explaining it, you know, you either save Westview or you save your family, you know, that you've, through your effectively unconscious spell that you have cast, because it's all kind of emotional spells. Yeah. You see her, like, you know, she she is emotionally lashing out at the res- residents of Westview and, and that strangles them. When she sees that, she kind of then, it's kind of like this release, you know, it's very sort of physical, her, um, in, and tied to her emotions with, um, with, with Wanda's magic that she kind of, you know, kind of releases it and she's screaming yeah. as she's sending the plume out. But you have Agatha saying, you know, you tied your family to this twisted place through the, the unconscious, um, spell that you've cast yeah, here, yeah. Um, and that becomes a feature of Agatha's um, bargaining with uh, Wanda to say, "Just give me your power, uh, and I can fix those incantations Absolutely. within the spell." And um, so, it, there is a spell there. It's just she's not um, conscious of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that that's and it's really really cool seeing this kind of emotional sort of magic caster. I think. Yeah, and to see that 
the bargain that Agatha was trying to do with Wanda was a total lie as well. She's saying to her, give me all your power and I will fix that spell that you cast and I'll change it and make sure that everything's okay and the Westview will go back to the way it was and you can have your family. And then when she does get her power or thinks she has Wanda's power, she reveals, no, you've cast a spell. Once it's cast, yeah. it can never be changed, um, which I thought was a, a really good reveal. So there is villainousness uh, underneath Agatha. Yeah. You know, I was I, when I watched the episode the first time, I was kind of going interestingly we talked about Agatha Harkness in the comic books as being someone that trains Wanda how to use magic she's not necessarily a bad character um she's a magic user and by the end of the episode actually it's almost exactly that she is basically the comic book character she's taught Wanda that she needs to learn from books and she needs to learn from other magic users to develop her powers that's pretty much her role in the comics but there is this element of she wanted to steal Wanda's magic and become more powerful because Wanda's unworthy. That's the element they added for the show rather than her being completely different from the comic books. Yeah, and and in this moment as well, Agatha explains that the book is the Dark Hole. Yes, and, that's a surprise. Um, yeah. And opens the, you know, the, the power of the Scarlet Witch exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme, whoever may hold that that title. Exactly. And um, she may not have met Doctor Strange. <laughs> no, and it, it kind of, it's kind of a little ceremony, isn't it? I guess where she's floating and the book appears before her. Mm. But in, in this moment, then you know she gives Wanda at least that knowledge uh, of the this book and, and what it holds yep. um, as well. Yeah, no, this for me was, it was great. Like you said, it's the training of the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. You're right. They, they, they took the small premise of Agatha Harkness trained Wanda, and they basically went, oh, no, but what if the, she trained her by essentially pointing a gun at her? Yeah. like, yeah, you run, exactly. you run now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like last week when she was taking her through her different stages of life. It felt like... You know, even though it was for Agatha's own purpose that she was, the, the, at least you could get something from it. Yeah. Wanda, you know, and as we see in this, she did in terms of the runes, but like it was really, really good. Yeah, um, she taught her the runes, which is the only way that um, that Wanda was able to beat Agatha. Uh, great use of that yeah. scene where you see her firing the fireballs at Agatha in the sky. They're missing which you're kind of going, oh, that's not possible. Um, and it's actually that she's missing on purpose because she's putting runes onto the hex uh, around Agatha to block Agatha's magic. What a great uh, resolution that she has learned this technique from her only ever experience with another witch. That's quite cool. I yeah. thought it was great because I did not expect that. I thought they were going to do the, they give me all your power and then she burns out because I thought it was going to be... Too much power. That, yeah, too much power. Yeah. I can't control it. And she's like... She yeah. sucks it all in, explodes, and then it all flows back into one. I thought yeah. that's where they were going to go. Because I thought that, honestly, I thought they were going to kill off Agnes or yeah. Agatha. I thought they were going to kill her off and make her just an expendable witch. Yeah. But I was so happy to see, like, that, that, it was like, they literally called back. It's like, I understood that reference. <laughs> they literally did that. I was like, like, again, hand clap to the writers. Like, that you didn't take the easy option. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I loved how the transfer of power was done as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought that was really cool, and certainly, sort of as it flows back into Wanda and she gets her Scarlet Witch costume as well. I was just like, "Oh my goodness, they've put a costume on it! This is awesome!" Because otherwise, you would just be literally going around in sweatpants and, and a 
you know, for the rest of her days in the MCU, sweatpants and a, and a, a hoodie top and a hoodie. Yeah, you know exactly. What? My my favorite uh, tweet I saw this week after the episode was. Uh, Everybody thinks that we've all spent a year in sweat sweatpants because of the lockdown. Look what look what Wanda accomplished in sweatpants. With her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that whole formation of her costume comes when she goes into the mind of Agnes and goes back to that witch trial in the 1600s uh, in Agnes's mind. I love this. Um, you're, that that whole scene where. It's her trying to control Agnes's mind and show her that moment when her she was supposed to be torn apart by the witches. And it looks like Wanda thinks it's going to turn out that they will get their revenge effectively, that they will tear Agnes apart. But once they all realize that Wanda's in their head, um, I guess Agnes has some control over that. But once they realize Scarlet Witch is in their head, I love when you hear their voices start yeah. to chant uh, Scarlet Witch and then turn on her. Yeah, I, I, I loved um, this with Wanda putting the memories back into Agatha's mind, you know, a throwback to um, the Age of Ultron, yep. where, you know, in the, the shipyard, sort of the ghost ship thing where she does it to all the Avengers. I love mm-hmm. this. And then you go back to this, this you know, what I maybe I guess what Wanda thinks is that traumatic part of, of Agatha. Um, also, Agatha is a witch, so she can counter this. But um, I, and I love how it, it switches to um, Wanda being tied to the post and being judged by the other witches because she is the Scarlet Witch. I loved how all the desiccated witches come back to life. Uh, I thought it was really nicely, nicely done. And yeah, it, it throws back to the 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 crown that we saw on Agatha's mother's head as she's trying to cast the spell to control Agatha. Uh, and you see that with the, the the exchange of energy back to Wanda, how her costume forms from this magical energy. And it starts off with that crown on her head, which was really, really good. Um, yeah, this was just fab. Absolutely. I, I squealed like a little girl yeah. on her first day of school. Yeah, me too. I the other thing I squealed at was when Wanda just moves across the sky and disappears and in front of Agatha and it looked like it looked like bewitched. It looks like something out of bewitched and I was like that it was just so cool. Uh, I loved that. It just it just for me it's just these little touches. It's basically it was like the first time we saw extremist armor in Iron Man. It was like the first time we saw Hulk and Bruce change and he goes, I am always angry. It's these key little moments that as a comic book reader, getting to see this on screen and getting to see it portrayed with the same love and reverence that we hold for it. And it's just done so well. Like they could have easily made that the most, like to be fair, the costumes as silly as we saw it in the nineties episode, like sometimes, it okay. like back in the day, it was that it was that silly. The comic book costume is as silly as the one we saw in the in the, in the Halloween episode. Yes, yes, right. exactly. Yeah. But now this one's cool. <laughs> exactly, they've yeah. taken this amazing concept, they've completely made it their own to show, and it's the power of the Scarlet Witch is her cost, like this costume. Like, they even gave it a hood at the end because she had a hood on. They gave her own kind of witch's cloak hood. 
I loved that. That was such a such a great touch. But isn't isn't it Tommy that says to her, or Billy, when she comes back to Earth wearing the full costume and just looks at her, going, "Mom, you look cool." Yeah, <laughs> they've nailed this costume. They've taken the basic concept that we've seen in the comics for years, and like a lot of the costume designs that we've seen for Captain America's uh, suit that can look really bad with the wings on the head, the costume design for that from Civil War onwards has been fantastic. They've been able to get a really good version of the Scarlet Witch costume that looks very like the comics, but is really cool. Yeah, exactly. And like it's it's said, it's, I recently rewatched Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. And the the touch in the Black Panther film where it, it does like the vibranium, the way it shimmers, it doesn't just look like what it could be in the comic books, which was just a guy in a big black leotard. Cat suit. Yeah. Cat suit essentially. Like yeah. like they were able to tweak this and they made again they took something that could have looked cheesy mm-hmm. and just added their own touches. They they gave it that realism, uh, but at the same time, they you could see the elements of it in the dark hold as well. In the dark hold, it had these little tentacles coming out the back as well, almost like magic ripples of energy. I think. Do you remember we saw that? Uh, there's the Doctor Strange, what was it, Infinity War or Endgame? One of them, where he had the, it was kind of like the multiple armed kind of godlike. Um, Infinity War, it was his battle with Talos. Yeah. Yes, I could see that, like, as well, which is they'll give her, like, she'll end up having, like, these scarlet wings of magic kind of tendrils coming off, and it right. wouldn't look out of place Yeah, maybe. with that yeah. costume. I do love the costume that I love that they've created. And we haven't really mentioned, we did say that we kind of thought it might be the Dark Hole, but the Dark Hole is really important for, uh, for Marvel TV because yeah. the Dark Hole has been in Agents of Shield. It's been in Runaways. It's been in other TV shows in the Marvel TV verse, which hasn't really been referenced in the, mo- back into the movies. Uh, I think the only reference ever to Marvel TV was having, uh, Jarvis from, Agent Carter being in uh, Endgame. That was the only person that's ever come from TV back into movies. Um, so them referencing the Darkhold and having the Darkhold be the be the book they're talking about because it could have been one of twenty different books from Marvel Comics. They could have chosen yeah. anything else. They chose the Darkhold, which is quite cool. Really, really impressed with that. They had to though because of the the connection to the to the some of the big bads that we assume might be coming. <laughs> well, maybe. I, as I say, I think it could have been one of 20 books. They could have explained any other book as as being as important as the Dark Hold. Loads of different, uh, different books in the comic books. There's loads of different books that were even mentioned in, in Doctor Strange that could be as important as the Dark Hold. So, uh, so it, was in, it was really interesting that was in there. Uh, that's the kind of big battle in the episode. And obviously, there's lots of other stuff that's gone on in the episode, but really the battle between Agnes and Wanda yeah. is is that kind of central point, the actual fighting battle, but there's loads of other stuff going on. You mentioned in your synopsis, John, the end point to this is that Agatha becomes Agnes, the nosy neighbor forevermore. She's now yeah. uh, stuck inside here, unable to use her magic and has been returned to just a new neighbor that's moved in. Who's really nosy. That's going to be her character forever. So yeah. the reason we've been confusing Agnes and Agatha, or at least I have been saying either name, because they're both interchangeable now by the end of this episode, she is Agatha Harkness, but trapped in the body of Agnes. Yeah, she, she's locked to to Westview. She's yeah. she's tied there by Wanda's magic, and um, nobody's be- ever going to bother unless Wanda needs her. In the exactly, future, and and yeah. I mean she she's tied there because of the double cross. I mean, I, I really like that they didn't 
um, killer off, as you've mm-hmm. said. Um, I think that's really, really good because, yeah, you can just see uh, Wanda needing just to tap into the knowledge of Agatha at yeah. some point and releasing her. For a second. Um, for a second, <laughs> which would be really, really good. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, it comes down to the fact Agatha sold her a, a correction to the spell, which she said, once the spell is broken, um, it remains broken, uh, just like yourself. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. Can I ask maybe one quick question before we move on to our next point? Mm-hmm. Do we think they might make Agnes, Agatha, a new Loki? And by what I mean by that is she was a villain, and over time, because she is popular... We definitely, it was Agatha all along, proves she is popular. Do they, would they potentially move her to a more anti-hero in the future over time? Well, do you, do you think this, like, could Catherine Holland be the new Tom Hiddleston? Maybe, uh, but I, what I definitely know about Marvel is they love putting these chess pieces on their board to be able to play with them in the future. So mm. uh, she's in the toy box. Uh, so certainly they can use her in the future. And I think with, some magic movies coming up in the future. We absolutely could see an appearance of Agatha for a moment, but I do love that she even is saying to Wanda, don't leave me here. And Wanda kind of saying to her, I can come back whenever I want to, you know, that's kind of, it's absolutely on the table to use her again in the future, but I don't know how big their plans are at the moment. Cause they remember they have four movies locked uh, yeah. now uh, at the moment. So uh, if we do see her again on two TV shows or three TV shows, so, um, we basically don't know when we're going to see her again. If we do, it could be any time in the future, but I'd love to see uh, Catherine Ham back. Uh, let's talk about the sword showdown as our note number three. Um, sword has been obviously massively important in the series. Monica being a member of sword, um, before she went, before she got snapped and coming back into sword, um, trying to work out what Hayward's plan the whole time was, uh, seeing them camped outside the hex the whole time. Um, little bit of a light ending for sword. Um, it kind of just went and finished. Yep. Um, the the most important part, I think, of the sword showdown is actually the conversation between Jimmy Woo and Hayward because it finally explains what Hayward was trying to do and kind of gives him that separation from from sword. He's doing something on his own, really, uh, without any kind of oversight, without any kind of guidance from uh, from the government, without anybody saying he's allowed to do it. He brought Vision back, sent Vision in to kill Wanda. And what he says to Jimmy is, it won't matter because once she's dead, when my vision walks out, everybody will just assume this is the one that Wanda brought back to life. So I will get no blame and I'll get all the benefit of killing off this super powerful witch, effectively, who did this horrible thing in New York. So that's his justification of what's going on. I think it also speaks back to some of the stuff we saw earlier on in the series with him saying he was left behind in the snap and had a massive job to deal with running this massive organization that lost a lot of people and lost their ability to go into space because nobody wanted to go back there. Um, you know, there's, there's things that are in there that speak back to what happened earlier on in the series, but he as a character becomes a comic book villain at the end, right? He's a terrible comic book villain. For me, this was a a complete... uh, They wrote themselves in a corner. I don't know what happened. Um, It was just... Like, literally, they turned him into that comic book villain to the point where he he did his villainous monologue to uh, one of the heroes and then tried to shoot some kids. Yeah. Like they literally, like they could not make they 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 comic bookly turned him into a bad guy. 
the shooting the kids, I really didn't get. I thought that was really out of character for what we've seen yeah. from Hayward throughout yeah. the series. Yeah. He, he literally steps out of his car and shoots and empties his clip. It's yeah. not even that he shoots once or twice. He yeah, absolutely exactly. empties his gun at two kids. And that feels like, you know, okay, maybe there's a, a way of explaining it that these kids aren't real children because Wanda brought them to life in the hex. He maybe knows they're part of the hex so they aren't real, but none of that is on screen. It's just him stepping out of a car and shooting six bullets or however many bullets I mean, two kids. I guess he's just seen Tommy and Billy, um, you know, mind control his men and take at super speed all the guns off them. But still. Um, but still, <laughs> exactly. I mean... The whole sword thing for me in this episode was the one that just didn't really connect uh, with me. First of all, it it wasn't until um, sort of the second time of of viewing that I kind of really fully understood the motivation of Haywood through that conversation with Agent Wu, as you say. Um, it, It was kind of the idea of that, you know, I, I wasn't entirely sure what he had done that had made him be this kind of bad guy of swords you know and i i guess we've seen um nick fury and shield do plenty of stuff off grid and um, that you know all the avengers have been woohoo so i it, it all kind of felt like different kind of standards i guess okay. just because it's a different um a, a different organization in swords I have to jump in and correct it <laughs> Once again, no connection between Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury <laughs> operates in the borders outside of society, and the Avengers were absolutely not woohoo with the things that Nick Fury did. That was the entire catalyst of the Avengers <laughs> movie guess. and the Winter Soldier. The catalyst of both of those movies was that when the Avengers found out what S.H.I.E.L.D. did, they, they went against uh, the plans that they created. But ultimately, so. it was Hydra uh, in that infiltrated Not Shield. in the Avengers, no. <laughs> that was S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to create weapons to protect the world themselves. And the Avengers realized they shouldn't be using the weapon. But it didn't. Way. It didn't stop Captain America from working with Nick Fury. You know, because in Winter Soldier, um, it's Nick Fury going under to ground because of the attack on his life, and Captain America is still happy to deal with him. Yeah. What I mean is, I, I think they just make that they, they they've just made Haywood a really bad guy in a position where actually I didn't quite fully understand what he was doing sort of illegally until that conversation with Wu. Then you have, as Chris says, the whole, um, the, the, the kind of whole just out and out villain of mm-hmm. the piece shooting at kids. And um, it, it's just, yeah, I guess we don't see enough motivation for on, on Hayward's side to really kind of, just get to this leap where he is and it it all just felt a little um kind of afterthought Uh, and i guess with everything else going on in this episode i i understand that to some degree but this is only a minor point of the episode but i I do want to call out something that we haven't called out throughout the series wandavision as a tv show wasn't finished in march um, when the world went into lockdown, this is the first TV show that's come out of lock uh, that that's filmed during a lockdown period that we've seen within the Marvel universe. It's a massive show. We know loads of stuff went on in it. Uh, my understanding, and it's not completely clear yet. We'll probably see more in the making of next week. But my understanding is all of the internal stuff was complete. All the stuff that was within houses and all the stuff that was to do with the sitcoms was done, and a lot of the exterior stuff which would be things like the swords, the sword pieces were not completed. There's a couple of things in this episode, and I think potentially that moment with Hayward 
is one of those things that wasn't fleshed out because they didn't have the availability yeah, of the okay. actor. They didn't have the availability of the sets. Um, they were trying to finish the show to get it out, uh, out into, into the world because they were closer with that, I think, than they were with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is why this went first rather than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, the Darcy moment in this episode, Darcy's been such a great, great character throughout this series, but, She's the one that takes out Hayward. She drives the van that we saw her in last week into the side of Hayward, says, see you in jail. And that's the only time we see Darcy. We even get a throwaway line from Monica going, she's not here for debriefs. And you're going, but Darcy would absolutely be there to say goodbye to the new friends that she'd made. That's Darcy. But my understanding is that the actress couldn't get out uh, to film that that uh, that moment in uh, in the post production part of the second half yeah. of production COVID. Yeah. So so they fit it around what they yeah. could do. You know, we're going to unfortunately have to put up with this in a, in a couple of shows. So I'm not going to ding the show too much, but it is a pity that's the way they had to go for because of COVID that they weren't able to give us much more motivation from Hayward. They dealt with all the battles, all the all the big sci fi stuff, and when it came down to having this final moment for your major character so uh, the leader of sword it ended off with him trying to shoot a couple of kids and then getting locked into his car by by darcy yeah exactly i'm not i'm not dinging this episode as i say it's 11 on my chart i I think it's just this is the one where i was just like okay grand like move on and i i I completely understand where you're coming from and i think that's probably the reason Uh, this is i we're starting to see this with shows like it is like this is going to the the actors are comically filmed far away from each other um while talking um so it's almost yelling uh, but no i think for this one i actually okay it depends on what they do with it do you know what they could do and i'm just going to quickly I'll, i'm going to drop the bomb and then we'll walk on to some of the some of the other points which is they could turn him into bolivia trask so for the uh, for non-comic book readers and people who didn't watch the X-Men films, Bolivia Trask was the creator of the Sentinels, the big giant robots that hunted uh, mutants in the comic books. He was uh, Peter Dinklage in one of the X-Men films, the Fox Universe. Uh, and the reason I say this is they could double down on him being a comic book villain, quote-unquote. He shot a kid. That's something that a lot of people are going to like have uh, an issue with, right? Uh, rightly so. It just didn't make sense, just for the character. But what they could do is, those five years, he hates superheroes now. He blames the Avengers and superheroes for the five years. He blames them for destroying it, and he is against superheroes, almost Zemo-like, Baron Zemo-like. He blames superheroes for the what has happened to the world. Hmm. And his his way to do that was through sentient weapons, through robots, through what sword was building, the vision. Yeah, so he they could move him towards that, which is his next one is he gets pulled out of jail, and he is tasked with building robots and that will police the the event like super powered individuals so they could double down on that it just it felt just slightly out of character that was all the, the moment itself absolutely and, and they have set that up chris at the show they've specifically said you know what happened was we lost half the population including the superheroes we can't depend on the superheroes to save us we have to do whatever we possibly can to save us you're right though this particular moment just felt uh completely out of character for, yeah. for him to shoot at two kids um but 
the other parts that are happening in this episode, we finally get that the follow-up to what happened back in episode 7, where Monica was captured by uh, Evan Peters' character, who we find out in this episode, exactly as we thought, uh, is, in fact, Ralph, the hidden husband of Agnes. Um, and yeah. we get probably the worst joke that we've ever seen. Oh, I love this joke, in, uh, Ralph Boner. Uh-huh. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Great. Ralph Boner the stoner. So Monica has been trapped inside his man cave now for the last few weeks. Um, so we kind of see the reason why Ralph was chosen here. Ralph is a, a single guy in, in this town of Westview with his own home. Um, he's effectively been controlled by Agnes since she arrived in town and she moved in next door to uh, Wanda and the, and the family in order to monitor them. So that, that is the reason why he has been there. Stunt casting um of evan peters pretty much confirmed that's the reason why he's he is in the show uh to give us all something to speculate about that turned out to be wrong or is our other piece of speculation right that ralph the hidden husband was the person that was on the run or sorry was the person in the witness protection program that jimmy Wu was looking for and ralph boner is a made-up name is that why evan peters character laughs at his own surname when it's read out loud by monica because why would you laugh at your own surname surely you've heard that for most of your life right yeah they, they need to they need to explain that one at some point the whole premise of the start of the show to get monica there was that there was a missing informant fbi needs you and that just wasn't addressed yeah at all so i'm hoping it's like yeah ralph boner it was it was witness protection made up name he chose it himself as an actor. He did a headshot and he wanted Ralph Booner. Booner. And that's why he's laughing. Yeah. And that would that makes sense. But I did want to call out that obviously making COVID is a very difficult thing. We've been locked in. We're still locked in in Ireland. We're locked in until April. We haven't been able to leave our homes or go to our offices and, and work. And uh, these guys put together a TV show, uh, able to get people across the country to the to the sets where they needed to be filmed. Most of them anyway. So definitely needed to call that out. Uh, in this scene here, we do see some more powers of Monica. We see a fully powered version of Spectrum uh, in these scenes as, as Monica saves the kids from those bullets from Hayward's gun. So we see her uh, effectively slowing down the bullets and stopping them from hitting the kids. That's yeah. cool. That she was really takes cool. the kinetic energy. Yeah, really, really yeah. good. And we also see Billy take uh, the bullet and pluck it, you know, stop it in midair with his powers. Mm-hmm. I have to say, you know, I loved seeing... Uh, both Billy and Tommy use their powers yeah. on um, on the army, on the military. And I like just the little sort of conversation between Billy and Monica saying, oh, you've got powers too. Yeah. Um, you know, and just that, that little yeah. um, conversation there was really cool. I did also love the reference again, another, another reference to the Incredibles where the family are standing together and Vision and Monica are saying to the kids, well, we didn't prepare you for this, but you've got powers, so you're going to have to use them in this fight here. <laughs> that was really cool. 100% um, incredible. Was that a nod to, uh, to, Quicksilver's moment in, uh, in Fox's X-Men series where, uh, we have, Tommy running and taking, uh, stopping all the the military taking their guns and then taking a hat and and sunglasses off one of the uh, one of the military. I remember that in one of the one of the two big scenes that Quicksilver had that he takes one of the hats from the from the guards and sticks it on his head while he's running. Is that is that a reference? I, you think? I took it. Yeah, I took it as being <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of just a nice nod. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah definitely. I, I think. Look, this just was great. The one question I really love to see is how they're going to age up these boys. Mm-hmm. Um, to in line with everything else, because well, personally, yeah. I love these actors. They're they're great as yeah. the characters they play. Yeah, 
Will we ever see them back? Yeah, it, it, that's kind of the big question that we get probably at the end of the at the end of the episode. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, the other big moment that's going on in the episode really is Vision versus Vision, right? Um, yes. So our note four, as we continue going through the the episode itself, White Vision versus Conditional Vision, as uh, as the Vision we've seen throughout the series calls himself. Uh, I'm the con- I'm not actually Vision. I'm Conditional Vision. Um, this is the only way this battle could have played out, right? We have the two of them both with the same powers, fighting in the sky. Very cool to see oh. the powers, effectively, seeing the, the kind of laser coming from uh, from the forehead of each of them battling against each other. But they can't beat each other that way. They're both as strong as each other because they are both sides <laughs> yeah. of the same coin, almost. So it comes down to a phys- philosophical debate. Um, yeah, Paul is- Bettany plays this so well. Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, it, it was kind of, you know, it was just the the rational part of their brains just took over, and it was like down tools, stop fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I request elaboration. <laughs> so good. Yeah. You've been they take- here to kill Vision, but I'm not Vision. I request elaboration. Yes, really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, really good. It took place in a library. It was mm-hmm. awesome, and they they have, you know, th- this conversation. This little philosophical uh, chit chat about who is the true vision and what is it? What does it mean to be the the true vision? With the reference to the the ship of Theseus, um, and this was really cool. I, I loved this kind of down tools moment between these two visions. Yeah, logically, this is the only way that this yeah, fight because, exactly. and it was just perfect. Like. They could have gone down the, the big bash, like, and we got some of that. Like, we got that fantastic, uh, wham bam, phase to each other, slam each other into the air, yeah. phase away, get grabbed last minute, swung into it. Like, like, it was brilliant. But I didn't think they'd go down the philosophical route. I thought they'd go, like, the, the kind of thought question. I thought it would be more logical, like, well, you are vision and I am vision. Let us be vision together. You're, right. so I thought they'd go that type of route. Okay. Yeah. But instead, they. It's still similar. Yep. Yeah, it's instead, still similar. Yeah. yeah. So they do via this thought experiment of uh, the true ship of Theseus mm-hmm. um, around that if he continues to replace his sh- the, the bits of his ship. Um, is it still the true ship of Theseus at the end after you've replaced every single wood and nail? Is it still the same ship? Yeah. And that's actually quite interesting. Like it yeah. is a good back and forth because yes, it's the experience of the ship. But anyway, it makes White Vision go, huh? Hmm. And yeah. allows yeah. that quite the, the 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 removal of the cataract. From vision eyes, or from white vision's eyes. <laughs> there yeah. you go, exactly, like, exactly. Like, I really liked it, just how they played it. And as you say, Paul Bettany was great, sort of, um, acting with himself there. Mm-hmm. And I loved the moment where uh, Vision says that the rot is the memories that that can fade away where Mm -hmm. and you know this is where he draws it out of white vision and says but you have it there as data you're just not being allowed to access it and you get you know him kind of i I guess doing a thumbprint scanner on his chip um and you get the little yellow um and he he realizes it in that moment that You know, physically, um, he is made up of, yeah, the true planks of the ship of Theseus, mm. uh, and is vision, but they both, um, now have shared memories, but it's also. They both are vision 
and they're both not vision. Exactly. Is, is the, yes, the conclusion exactly. they come to. The thumbprint that he uses is effectively what we've seen Vision do throughout the series to oh, anybody yeah. to release their memories exactly. of the past. So I love that they tied that into the end here as well. I love the eyes on White Vision as well. Mm-hmm. I like that close up um, as, yeah, I guess the data download is happening. Yeah. Uh, that was like, they must be some awesome. Uh, contact lenses that he yeah. has to put in to achieve that, <laughs> unless it is just pure digital. I'd but say, I'd say uh, it's digital. It was really, really awesome. <laughs> I, I do, I do think it's digital. Had to check uh, just in those scenes there the memories that he's getting back is everything up to his death at the end of. Uh, of Infinity War. Um, he doesn't have any of the memories of what happened in Westview uh, being downloaded, at least in those images that we see. So uh, so this is a vision that knows what happened to him up until his death, uh, or that body's death, I suppose. Uh, and we guess, I think, the I am Iron Man moment. We get the I am Vision is the final line he mm-hmm. says before he leaves Westview. So this is the I am Iron Man, I am Groot, Captain America, nice to meet you. Um, that it, it's that moment for uh, for this vision as he leaves Westview and disappears off into uh, off into the world uh, to be seen at a future point, I'm sure. Um, but it's not our vision. It's not the vision that we've been watching in one division throughout the series. Uh, he goes back to his family. Um, and we have the resolution of the story here. Wanda realizes that she has to give up this family um, that she's created mm. and this family that sur- surrounds her uh, by taking down the hex. What an emotional way to do it as she reduces the size of the hex all the way back to that house where it all began. Um, yeah. You see it closing in as they say goodbye to their children in their, in their bedrooms. Um, it's such a touching moment. I thought it just, just when you have Wanda sitting with, uh, sitting with Billy and, and Vision sitting with Tommy and they swap over to say goodbye teach the children and you, you feel the children know what's going to happen yeah uh, th- as well. this for me was so so good and it, it connects to you know the outcome of um the philosophical chit chat between white vision and conditional vision and um, you know vision says before i go what am i and you have um wanda great sort of performance from elizabeth olsen oh, here yeah. you know you are the piece of the mindstone that lives in me oh. uh, sort of going back to the scepter yeah. and her experimentation at the hands of hydra yeah. um you know that uh you know you're my sadness hope but mostly my love so I, this was really cool and coupled with them saying goodbye to the 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 twins um in 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 the bedroom as you see the yeah. hex coming towards the the window um I think I'm but, getting a bit emotional thinking about yeah that it was again. really really, really yeah. it was really good it, it was really intimate yeah. it felt right um given as well what we saw in the the last episode about how it all came into being yeah. and i loved the the sign off from um from vision where he says um, you know, memory made real. What will I be next? Um, and yeah, we've said goodbye before. There's no reason why we won't say hello again. Was a, a beautiful <sighs> send-off. Yeah, really, really, really good. <laughs> oh. uh, one line that Wanda says that I just I just have a question on, and I don't know whether anybody has an answer to it. But she, when she says goodbye to her children, she says, "Thank you for choosing me as your mom." Yeah, yeah, lovely line. But she created them out of nothing, like most parents do. Uh, she created them out of nothing. But what what was that, do you think? Is that a reference that they were pulled from somewhere else? Yeah. Is that part of the reason why we get into the – we'll get into that in the post-credit maybe. But um, did they exist somewhere else and they chose her as as their mother? Or is there – is it less uh, thought out than that? <laughs> am, I, am I overthinking it? Is, is my- I think it's a beautiful line that I think will come back to play something later. It's okay. it's one of these, 
Yeah, like I, I've heard, you've heard this line before from other mothers. Thank you for choosing me to be your mother. Like it is yeah. something I've heard in other places. But when you take on a multiversal um, and all-powerful being, yeah, they're going to be able to play with that line. And we see it later. Kind of feels a bit like an adoption of, of a child. Yeah. And yeah. they have... You know, and it, it, it's explaining that to them when the time is right and they still choose their adoptive parents. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess this is something that may be, um, pulled out, um, in, in, in future movies. And so, yeah. or even with the young Avengers, maybe, maybe. who, who knows? Um, and, yeah. but it was really good. I mean, the only other thing just to quickly maybe finish is, you know, when it all gets brought back to ground zero, I guess, um, at the the outline of that home in Westview, the, there's almost then Wanda's walk of shame back through Westview as all yeah. the residents are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was kind of really kind of a nice touch, really, this walk of shame as they're all giving kind of the evil glare to, yeah. to her for what um, she's put them through. It is um, interesting, though, isn't it? Like, you'd expect kind of the, the Game of Thrones walk of shame. You'd expect people to be throwing stuff at her for what she's done to them. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling it's not, it's not 100% said in the episode, but I kind of get the feeling that those, the reference to the fact that they experienced her nightmare and experienced her pain does allow them to kind of give her a little bit of leeway. Um, like, effectively, Wanda goes off on the run at the end of this episode. She's just like she was back in Civil War. She's back off on the run again. Nobody's arrested her for what she's done at the end of this episode. She's not walking towards the military who are about to arrest her or the FBI who are about to arrest her. She's walking towards Monica and they have their conversation and she goes off on the run with nobody in town specifically complaining about it. Nobody's saying, put her in prison for the torment that she's put us through. So I wonder if the unsaid part of that is because they did experience mm. parts of what she'd gone through. They are connected. Monica does say to her, these people can never understand what you gave up to save them. But I think they do understand what she went through that put them through it, maybe. Yeah, but I guess we're not seeing the cleanup and the investigation, you know, that's just beginning there with uh, Agent Wu, because, I, I mean, ultimately, it might be the reason why she is... It, at you know, at the end, in an isolated cabin, oh, she certainly far wanted away because oh, yeah, she yeah. she's wanted. Um, but yeah, I would have and, expected like the whole crowd to like yeah, gather on her and, agreed. and, and I, capture her. You know, I think the only other thing from this was I did chuckle a little with um with Monica responding to um to to Wanda saying, you know, they will never understand why you did this, yeah. but I guess they do if they know her memories, but. Monica doesn't realize that at this stage. It's the way she says, I would want to have my mum back, yeah. you know, because she, she missed, um, her passing with, with the, the blip. Yeah. Um, but it was just weird because in my mind, I immediately thought you would enslave an entire town of people <laughs> yeah. so that you could, and I was like, Monica, you've gone dark all of a sudden. What is going on? Um, but when, I, when, I, it was a little weird yeah. that she kind of put it in that way, given the conversation about the fact that in order for Wanda to sort of deal with the loss of vision from uh, Endgame, that, you know, she created this, but in so doing, while she wasn't conscious necessarily about what she was putting the residents through, um, that, Monica would kind of say that, but 
that's just me, I guess. When what Monica should really have said was, I would definitely have done what you did because it gave me these freaking cool superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, no, I totally agree. If I, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't be Spectrum, basically. So uh, I think what they're trying to do again is just set up the idea. Like in Civil War, you're trying to set up who's on whose side, who's who agrees with who and who and, and, and where they're going to end off in the future, who's friends effectively. Yeah. And what they're trying to set up here is that Monica and, uh, and Wanda will be connected in the future. They have got built some form of friendship here yeah which um, is very cool yeah yeah, yeah i love that. very cool that's the end of the episode really but of course it's marvel let's get into our note number five our final notes our mid-credit and post-credit scenes <laughs> so derek you were kind of uh, your theory about a scroll coming in was um yeah was born out here kind of yeah 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 that we have our tie-in with captain marvel 2 um and potentially secret invasion yeah um very specifically, we have a scroll visitor who comes down and says that she's a friend of uh, of Monica's mother, uh, similar to the character that I thought was a scroll earlier on in the season. And we were friends of your mother. We supported your mother. Was was what the uh, the character said. Um, this character says a friend of your mother and another friend of your mother. He realizes that you've been grounded and wants to see you up there effectively that he in case you don't know is nick fury uh, who is currently in space uh, with the scrolls as we saw at the end of uh, of spider-man far from home uh, he is the character up in space with the scrolls so uh, i believe this is our reference to nick fury so in a roundabout way he has become sword in space no he has become nick fury in space <laughs> is it nick fury or is it thomas or could it be both I just, it just says he. We show, I was like, oh my God, Nick Fury. I went, oh, but it also could be Talos. So yeah, I, 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 I thought it was Talos, I have to oh, say. Okay. Okay. I, I thought it was Talos. Yep. And when she said up there, I thought, oh, in the balcony. In the <laughs> yeah. I was expecting a, a bit of a walk on, similar to what we've had with like, like, I was just like Ben Mendelsohn or like, or Samuel Jackson to come out of the shadows. Yeah. Like, that's what I was expecting. Or to teleport in. Yeah. Or her to just suddenly teleport out. They just, it was a bit, yeah, it was Marvel post credits. It was just like, just going to give you enough to, like, give you a 100 theories to be spawned from this one point. But, yeah, it's essentially either Captain Marvel 2 or Secret Invasion. And, and I do think that may have been, again, another COVID impact. We may have gotten yes. Nick Fury do a walk on here or Ben Mendelsohn. Of course, you could have either either of those had appeared, but it gives the exact feeling that, that I think you need if you've seen Spider-Man Far From Home and the post credit scene there where Nick is up in space with, with the scrolls surrounded by them all. Talos is back on Earth um, helping out or pretending to be Nick Fury for, for the whole movie. Um, so I think it's... Nick Fury in space going, right, I need to set up my team now to do whatever, to face whatever threat that is in the future. I ab absolutely thought that the conversation until I watched it the second time when I heard he wants you up there, I thought it was just Carol Danvers wants to see the wants to see Monica now. Um, I thought it was, you know, because she's up in space. She's, yeah. she's protecting space at the moment. So uh, I thought that's what it was. But I think it's Nick Fury from from that piece because Nick Fury has always been the one to set up the Avengers teams so uh, I think he's setting up the Space Avengers uh, to, to take, care Flight. Of, uh, take care of that Alpha Flight's a good one, That's yeah. a good one. Uh, second post credit scene I think I'm going to give this one over to John because uh, I think halfway through the credits uh, after that that mid credit scene John was like oh how the hell does this set up Multiverse of Madness and then we see 
Monica sitting outside her uh, her cabin in the woods, very similar to uh, to Logan in uh, in Wolverine, uh, where he's sitting outside his cabin in the woods in Canada. Uh, beautiful settings these people find for their for their little cabins. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think it's Wondergore that they've actually just introduced Wondergore as the, the the place? I have no idea what that is. So Wondergore is where she grew up. It's the deeply linked to the dark old. It's linked to like apparently Cathan is like trapped in that mountain. Interesting, interesting. All I could get, because I've been playing a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, for the last couple of months, all I could get was, is that Norway? Is that where yeah. all the Norse gods are living? Is there some connection there? But no, we have her uh, outside, uh, chilling out, making herself a cup of tea, or do we? Yeah, this was really, this was cool, uh, seeing Wanda uh, ash in her astral form, uh, doing the same trick that Stephen Strange did um, in Comitage with... Uh, absorbing the material of the dark hold really like that i love this the the slightly different uh magical projections around her as well these kind of spheres yeah. of uh, of of magic incantation um so like a a very different type of projection of that magic being yeah. presented here for for wanda maybe that's more the witch form of doing it rather than sorcerer uh, way of doing it Definitely. but i loved um i loved this astral projection yeah. it's great seeing it again uh, as she's uh, learning everything from the dark holes yeah because the specific reference from doctor strange again if you haven't seen the movie or if you have seen the movie you don't remember the specific reference here is that doctor strange wanted to learn every single piece of every book in Camertage so he's going in stealing the books and learning them while he sleeps effectively he's he's sleeping doing other things while his astral projection is learning everything it possibly can and he's retaining the knowledge that's the that's how powerful he is and what we see here is here is she's making cups of tea and, and sitting outside and relaxing while her astral projection is learning everything from the dark hole the only book that she currently has available to her but that also speaks to the fact that Agnes has trained her that this is something that she needs. You're massively powerful, but you need training. Okay, great. I'll take that book that you're talking about and I'll learn everything out of that book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the book of the damned. I will yeah. learn from that, which can only be bad, Not a good idea. I guess, yeah. for <laughs> for Wanda. I thought the Darkhold almost had a different cover as well in, in this end credit scene. I, I don't know why. It was just, we, we all remember the Darkhold from S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and how it looked, and we were saying how it was it had a different design uh down in agatha's um basement yeah. and i thought the the writing of dark holes had come back on the cover of of the the tome at the end but i i i haven't been back to check that it was just something that i just remember saying oh it looks different the book um so that was kind of I wonder whether that was just because it was now and it, it can change form anyway because we see how Agatha brings it out of thin air in, in Westview, above Westview. But yeah. I don't know. I might be completely wrong there. Um, but the great thing here, and I guess the thing linking to the multiverse of madness, mm. uh, and I guess maybe seeded with how Wanda has, you know, affected reality on Earth uh, in the town of Westview um, and and that idea of creating a, a different reality. We hear the voices of uh, her kids, her twins, I guess both of them crying for help, shouting for mum here. And you're just wondering, I, I think that's why in the synopsis I said how they went back to the ether of the universe mm. because it's, you know, th- this magical energy we know from uh, Doctor Strange is pulled from 
the energy in, in the world. Certainly a lot of, um, the comics, um, certainly with Jason Aaron, um, talk and the death of magic yeah. talks about magic as it's cast having a cost. And so it, it's to what extent a cost has been borne by what Wanda has done. But I love that you hear these voices, uh, crying out for, for, for Wanda here. Absolutely. Two readings on this though. I think the uh, library is open. <laughs> uh, one reading from me, the, the shouts that she's hearing are exactly the same. And this could have just been their repurposing dialogue, but the shouts that she's hearing are exactly the same shouts she, she heard at the end of episode eight. Uh, when, um, Agnes has her, has her kids trapped outside. They're the same voices, the same words that they're saying and everything like that. So my read on it is this is just to show that she's using the dark hole to try and find a way to create her children in real life, to cast a spell in real life to create her children. But the other reading on it is, as you say, there are maybe they're trapped somewhere in another multiverse and she's going to use the book to get to another multiverse to find them. That's, that's another reading. Is there other, any other readings that you guys can think of for that? final moment well just quickly to build on that it's just because we have the nexus idea as well with wonder that you know yep. if they go down that route Absolutely. then yeah. you know this idea of her sort of developing that power from the dark hold as well yeah um, so you you never know no 100 percent. I, I i think it's more the latter i think that this is we know uh billy is also chaos magic wielding uh kind of spirit or like he, he wields similar powers to yeah. his mother in the comic books so i think what this potentially is leading to is a multiversal um version of the boys uh-huh. are shouting out to the ether mom come save me and she picks it up and this is the, she goes to Doctor Strange to go, I need to get to them. I need to save my children. Yeah. And I think it's, that's where, or it's going to be, she rips a hole in reality to get to them. And Doctor Strange goes, what the hell are you doing? That was my uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? I know people criticize his American accent, but it's not as bad as that. Chris. No, exactly. <laughs> but but interesting is that I I think you can read it. You could read it either way, and they can use it either way in the future. But they've already decided which way they're they're intending that to be read, yeah. of course, because we do have Multiverse of Madness almost finished filming. I think at the moment, uh, I think it's almost done. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen was on this week, and Jimmy Kimmel saying she was finishing off the filming. They're doing six day weeks yeah. uh, in order to get the uh, the filming done. So pretty close uh, to the end, but. Interesting how it can be read in the future. Uh, I've just got one note that I wanted to pull out from the episode, and I don't think it means anything, but I just think Marvel knows what they're doing when they use character names. Um, we had that moment with Jimmy Woo where he gets out of uh, of the FBI by un- using his own uh, close-up magic, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he steals a phone and uh, and steals a, uh, a a paperclip to get himself out of his uh, out of his cuffs. Takes the phone and calls Clint to ask Clint, can he send some of his men down to help him out? The only Clint that we know in, in the Marvel, Marvel uh, universe who has his own TV show coming up is Clint Barton, um, Hawkeye. There is no S.H.I.E.L.D. and Clint used to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who's he working for now? Could he be working with the FBI at the moment? After the, This is three weeks after the snap, remember. Could he be working with the FBI at the moment? Why would they choose the name Clint as being the contact for Jimmy Woo? Uh, I can't think of another reason. So uh, I just wanted to call out that that was just the, the specific line of dialogue was, hey, Clint, can you send some people down? 
I took it as just a, it's a, an FBI agent, his mate called Clint, not Clint Burton. Yeah. But you never know. Yeah, I misheard it and thought you said Cliff. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe it was Cliff. He could have said Chris because, you know, that's a great name. Yeah. But, gentlemen, that is it. Do we have any other final notes before we move on to the finale? Can we call it the other Wizard of Oz uh, reference in the episode? I'm melting! Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, uh, playing at the cinema. Yes. Um, throughout the episode, you see that in the background. Oz the Great and Powerful was the sequel to Wizard of Oz, which yeah. was directed by Sam Raimi, who's directing The Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, and it was dark. It was, it was nice pretty dark. And dark. <laughs> it's pretty dark. And of course, yes, lots of witches and wizards and magic in the, in those movies as well. So, uh, But a, a lovely reference to the upcoming movie uh, directed by Sam Raimi. So a uh, so nice little touch in there. Guys, before we go into our uh, our defense, can I blow your mind slightly? Sure. Where, where I am at the end of the series, because I don't know whether it fits just into my defense. Where I am at the end of the series is, I think we ha- we're in exactly the same place as we were at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, set up that this is a multiversal story. And at the end of the series, there's no multiverse yeah. really in the show. We have a pocket universe kind of yeah. created by Wanda, by Wanda, which is Westview. And by the end of the series, we haven't traveled across multiverses. There's no nexus of different realities. There's no people being pulled in from different places. The whole Quicksilver thing was a, a bit of stunt casting for uh, for people to do their speculation. But really, at the end of the series, all that all that has happened is she created a pocket universe for herself. So we still haven't seen multiverses. We only know there will be multiverses coming up in Doctor Strange in the future. Or with it. But potentially, that could be another rug yeah. pull when they get to there that maybe they're calling it the multiverse and there isn't a multiverse in there either. But my point my point is that we have now had, I think, two major properties which we went into all thinking there would be multiverses in there and both of them ended off that there is no multiverse uh, in Marvel. So I just thought it was an interesting little uh, thing, to, uh, thing to blow us out at the end of the episode. Uh, let's close it then uh, at that point, I think. Let's do it. So... Derek, on that bombshell of the multiverse, do you defend WandaVision Episode 9, the series finale? I loved the series. This is absolutely brilliant. I love what they did. The, the concept that they have for this show where it was pulled down to effectively a neighborhood and a family and a few other characters so that we can really experience Wanda and Vision, two characters that we don't really know much about from the movies you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's a very few number of people who have just watched the movies who Wanda and Vision would be their favorite characters. Lots of comic book fans who love both of these characters. But even there, they're quite minor. They're, they're not like the top tier characters. And I think after this show, so many people will be fans of Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda and Paul Bettany's Vision. It's not the last we're seeing of either of them, I think. Um, we're definitely going to see more and really excited to see more of Elizabeth Olsen on screen. I think she's been absolutely brilliant and knowing that we're we're getting more of her in the future, very soon in the future, about a year, I think, uh, from now. So really excited to see more of her. This show was really good and I can't stress enough how much respect I have for what they delivered with this show, knowing that part of it was filmed during COVID when all we've been doing is... Uh, sitting inside our house for basically nine or ten months they delivered an ending to the show that felt right felt small and felt within the universe of wandavision chris how about yourself do you defend wandavision episode nine the series finale i 100 percent do this this was not the ending i was expecting but the ending i deserved <laughs> um okay <this>. batman <laughs> thank you <laughs> Uh, this was, no, this was perfect. The f- vision on vision action, the witch on witch action, 
it was all done in a way that they could have just gone very OTT and explosion-y, but they didn't. And they also didn't kill off a major villain, and I'm like, great, that puts it in the back pocket. They put her on ice to pull her out whenever they use. My one disappointment is pretty much the sword aspect and the Haywood. Uh, and I think, be it through COVID or be it through time, be it through whatever, I think they just misuse that ending and that character in the end. And that's fine. Like, you cannot, you cannot hit a perfect game in every game of sport. I, as you can tell, people, I am not a uh, sports ball. Yeah, sports ball. I, I mean, sports. I'm like, you cannot kick a perfect game, hit a perfect game in baseball. I, anyway, you do You're not an American football fan. American you football. Know, you know some sports. <laughs> I know some sports, but I just don't know. I was going baseball, and then I noticed I didn't like. You can't hit a like a home run every hit of the game. It's pitch a perfect game is the phrase you're looking that's for. That's yeah. it. You cannot pitch a perfect <laughs> game. Um, but anyway, so that is essentially it. I think they, they look one small stumble. Uh, for everything else, I'm very happy. And yeah. really what this leads me to go is I want more. Like this was the, the it delivered on the premise of a Marvel Disney plus MCU show. It delivered on what I wanted from this. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait. We have 14 days uh, or less, actually, at this point, to the next Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Oof, roll yeah. on. I wouldn't like to be in the shoes of uh, the people that are uh, that are putting out Falcon and the Winter Soldier after what WandaVision delivered. It's going to be a very different show, but uh, we know that. But there's uh, a bar has been set very high here. Yes. So on that high bar jumping... Uh, Mr. Jonas, do you defend One Division episode nine, the series finale? I absolutely do. I loved this this ending. Um, I'd give it five magical runes out of five. <laughs> um, or as I st- as I started off the podcast with eleven magical runes out of five. Um, <laughs> I really, uh, really did love this ending. I think you know, even with the little kind of, I just not connecting with the sword element of of this um, f- final episode. Um, it doesn't take away from epic showdown uh, between Agnes and uh, Wanda mm-hmm. with and the Scarlet Witch. Um, really intimate moments with Vision. And, and Wanda and the twins and, and the finale of that teeing up with those end credits, some deliciously intriguing stuff, uh, with the wider MCU, uh, both in the cinema and with TV potentially. Um, and yeah, the showdown with the visions and just it taking that lovely little, uh, philosophical route. Uh, so yeah, I just, I'm, I, I can't really add much more to what you guys have said. I think um, this, to me, was probably one of the best series finales um, for for this uh, first series um, that I've seen in a while, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. One that just, it was just full on, um, and it kept its momentum, and I loved it. So, Excellent. yeah, five magical runes out of five from me. Excellent. Top quality rating. As I said, I can't imagine how... Uh... Falcon the Witcher Soldier are going to follow that. I, I'm so excited for Falcon the Witcher Soldier. I'm a big Captain America fan, big Nick Fury fan, big fan of both of those characters from the movies specifically. Whereas WandaVision, I was coming in kind of going, I wonder what they're going to deliver. I'm open to being surprised and get a great show. 
with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I feel like I've got the pressure of loving the characters on screen and now wondering how would they be able to deliver a show that's as interesting, not the same way, but as interesting as WandaVision. Really, really good. I know you said you can't add too much more to what we said uh, about the about the episode, John, but one thing you can add to the episode is what's your pub quiz question for this week? The final pub quiz question in our WandaVision pub quiz of the season. Yes, fellow pub quizzers, the episode nine pub quiz question. Send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, where you will be in with a chance to collect some WandaVision Funko Pop goodies mm-hmm. um, when we pull names out of a hat. Thanks to everyone who has been sending in their answers. Uh, so here we go. Episode 9, pub quiz question. What are the two listings on the Coronet Cinema as Monica Rambo enters to meet a scroll in the mid-credit scene? And we want this spelled exactly as it is on screen too. Yes. Exactly. What are the two listings, because they're not films, on the Coronet Cinema as Monica Rambeau enters to meet a scroll in the mid-credits scene of Episode 9 of WandaVision? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, lots of entries in so far. I know some of you are keeping back your entrance uh, until you heard that final question. So get writing in now. Uh, email them into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, cutoff point is the 10th of March. As we mentioned before, we'll be recording our wrap-up uh, finale episode on WandaVision next week, mostly talking about the uh, making of uh, documentary that comes out next Friday and also some any extra thoughts or any extra feedback that you guys have about, uh, about the episodes. We'd love to hear them before the 10th of March. With that, it is time to listen to our fellow defenders, to hear our feedback. But before we do, let's just jump into a quick email from the one and only Jerry, who you may have heard from at the beginning of this episode. Yes, Jerry wrote an email based on after actually watching the series finale and then kind of going, oh, 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 oh. Jerry had this to say. First off, my theory for the end was way off. This ending was the most Marvel-like of the series. I'm glad Agatha was not killed. She will get to come back like Loki. Vision is back, but what is he now? No Doctor Strange in this episode. I thought we would see him in uh, as the end credit scene. So Wanda is a big bad going forward. Reading and absorbing all the Darkhold cannot be good for anyone. Thanks for all your coverage of WandaVision. Can't wait to hear you guys on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Jerry in Niceville. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, unfortunately, your your uh, theory was way off, but that's the fun. That's the fun. Exactly. Um, yeah, and my big part, is, my big part of this is that Agatha is on ice. She mm-hmm. may return. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much, Jerry, for your feedback yes. throughout the season. It's been really good hearing uh, hearing thoughts from all of our listeners and all of our fellow defenders uh, about how the series has been going. As as Chris said, hey, look, theories are theories. If they're wrong, who cares? Doesn't doesn't hurt anything, does it? You're exactly. not a brain surgeon. You're not going to kill anyone. Loving. He might be. I actually don't know what Jerry does for a living. Oh, he yes, might he might be a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much, Jerry. And I loved the Dread Dormammu theory that mm-hmm. you had. Um, yeah. Yep. Dark stuff, Jerry. Absolutely. Dark stuff. Over on Twitter, Jennifer V said, uh, just simply, that po- post credit scene, wow, raises so many questions. Hopefully we've answered a few of those questions, Jennifer. Hopefully, but maybe not. Let's get on to some Facebook feedback. Um, Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, It was awesome. Great love story, but so tragic. Well, White Vision is out there somewhere. 
clever Wanda using her knowledge gained from Agatha to defeat her and placing her where she found her if if she ne- if she ever needs her. Not confused about the first post credit with Monica, however, confused with Wanda being Wanda and Scarlet Witch being Scarlet Witch and her son's calling for her in the second post credit. Wanda slash Scarlet Witch's journey just beginning it looks like and will white vision be the return of vision i think all those options are on the table elizabeth yeah. that's uh, that's where mcu really likes to uh, to leave their stuff particularly feige likes to leave his stuff with loads of options available to him and in 10 years time we'll look back at it and go why did we not think that was the path they were going to get out <laughs> yeah exactly yeah thanks so much elizabeth um heather wallace says Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. I feel like I'm letting the side down. I wanted to like this so much more than I did. I was very moved and emotional during Wonder and Vision's goodbye, but the majority of the episode left me unsatisfied. The revelation of Fietro's identity was both underwhelming, he's Ralph, and concerning Agnes's comment in the 80s episode about Ralph spraying her with lavender to halt her libido, speaks to worrying issues of sexual consent played for laughs. Haywood was just a run-of-the-mill bad guy, easily taken down, and the brief glimpse of Darcy was not enough, although I did like the setting for the next stage of Monica's journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, uh, Heather, for that. I think with Darcy, I think everyone um, just getting that brief glimpse, we would have absolutely loved some more, but I think um, from what we're learning, it's more to do with the production during COVID than um, how the character was intended to be in that. So I, I think, um, you know, as we discussed in the podcast, I, I guess certainly for ourselves, you know, that leeway is, is um, you know, is justifiable. Yeah. I, I Such think, a shame because Kat Dennings was so good. Through yeah, it. she was. Yeah. She really was. It, and it, it, you're right. It was um, not enough, really. Yeah. I think I would definitely be with you on, on Haywood. Um, I, I think the, the sword storyline ultimately is probably the one that maybe um is there possibly for other reasons um with yeah. other tv properties and maybe um it, it got squeezed out really in terms of even in a nine episode tv show um that it got squeezed out with how far they would go into that but i, I think it, its purpose really is teeing up monica um and captain marvel 2 and all those different elements, yep. scrolls uh, within the the, the next um, lot of of shows that are coming down the line. Um, I, I think with Ralph, I, that that was that was good for me. Um, I, I enjoyed that yeah. um, for sure. Yeah, I think I mentioned this over on the Facebook page in, in response to Heather's comment about the. Uh, Agnes line about Ralph spraying her with lavender to halt her libido. I think that's just her playing the role, trying to fit in with the TV show. She'd she'd need to be the over-sexualized next-door neighbor talking about these things. But you kind of see in this final episode that Ralph is stuck in his mad cave. He he seems to be totally accepting of the fact that he's just stuck in this room while uh, Agnes just pulls him out when she needs to pull him out as the uh, hidden lost brother effectively uh, in those episodes i don't think there's any reference unlike uh, wonder woman which we uh, which we talked about mm. uh, where a lot of people were talking about her mind controlling somebody that had no um had no consent effectively to be her boyfriend uh, i don't think there was anything actually going on between yeah. agnes and ralph at all we never saw him throughout the throughout the show she always referenced this stuff and she's the over sexualized neighbor uh, always talking about sex or not wanting sex with her husband i suppose uh, as well so i think that's all that's all it meant uh, in the show itself but sorry you didn't enjoy the episode uh, the final episode as much as you'd hoped to heather 
Yeah, and don't forget that you don't need to enjoy everything. That was as long as you got the majority of the series was enjoyable for you. That's all that matters. And also, there's another one coming in two weeks. There you go. <laughs> Next up, we have some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say. I really might have set my expectations a bit too high. It was a good finale, but not as great as the series had been. I like the possibilities of a white vision and the strange double life of Wanda and Monica, but a bit flat. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. I think that's where some people landed. It was a good finale. Um, I think some people think it was a great series, good finale. Personally, I just loved what they did, except for one small thing. But thank you for that feedback. We also got some feedback from Richard Blaze, who said, really enjoyed it. Alfie had tears in his eyes at the end. Thought it was a decent finale and ended well. Can't wait for Doctor Strange now. Great. I'm not going to lie. I was very like Alfie. Not at the end, though. I was more just at the the scene with um, the ending of the hex. That was where I yeah. kind of watered. I, I was cutting onions, I swear. Yeah, yeah, me too, Richard. Me too, Alfie. Uh, yeah, we're, we're very much the same as you as well. Uh, Steve Brand says, I did not mention in my message, uh, coming up later on, uh, that they that they made no mention of the missing protected witness. I'm a little disappointed for them in not wrapping that up. Um, yeah, we were, everybody's been pouring over every line of dialogue, everything that's been going on throughout the series. So it feels like when something like that, um, which felt so specific, this is why yeah. the character of Jimmy Woo was standing outside Westview when Monica arrived. Why was he there? He was there to find this this witness that had gone missing from the protection program. You'd expect that to be wrapped up at some point uh, in the show, just in a line of dialogue. That's all that needed to be said. I mean, was it Ralph? It could have been. It but, could have been Ralph. But we're still speculating at the end of the series. There should have been something yeah. there at the end where maybe Jimmy Woo is, is talking to the character, is talking to the person that is in the witness protection program. It's like you saying about him joking about his name, yeah. that that's just his cover Ralph name. Ralph Boner, yeah. yeah. So maybe uh, Quicksilver is still alive and well. Yeah, with a different name. Maybe his name is different. <laughs> I, again, think this is probably a COVID thing. I think they probably oh, wanted uh, Evan Peters there at the end, uh, yeah. and they just couldn't get him because yeah. he was in Canada or in UK or wherever. Yeah, he doesn't form part of that crowd, actually, at the end, does he? No. Yeah, he's not He's not there. No. Thanks, Steve, for that. Adrian Johnson says, a solid series. I just need to find the time to binge it as if it was a movie. Hashtag release the WandaVision movie cut, Disney. <laughs> Please, let's not get that trending. Um, there were some disappointing factors. Darcy's final episode cameo, Hayward's villainy, but the episode took me on some emotional highs and lows, then mm. highs again. The scene of Wanda opening the barrier to free the people of Westview, but then seeing Vision and the twins disintegrating was visually amazing that went from heroic to self-serving chef's kiss. Mwah. Um, there have been some great uses of existing characters, Jimmy Woo, Darcy, mm. and introductions of new one, Monica and Agatha. Well done, Marvel Disney, on an overall great show. Hashtag Agatha and Loki movie, make it happen, Marvel Disney. Well, that's really interesting, Adrian. It, 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 it's to Chris's point of whether Agatha could be kind of that new Loki um, and being integrated 
uh, more fully into the the shows and and films to come. Well, um, yeah. for sure, absolutely. And we know Loki's going to be jumping around time uh, later on this year, so uh, you never know; he may be bumping into Agatha in his TV show uh, later on this year. It was Loki all along. <laughs> maybe, maybe I I must say I love how you read uh, Adrian's feedback there, John. Uh, that it went from heroic to self serving chef's kiss, <laughs> that running it all together a self serving chef's kiss. I love yes. it. Uh, thanks so much, Adrian. Uh, Matthew Randall says, I really liked it. The Incredibles-esque super family moments were so good and the goodbyes were heartbreaking. I would have freaked out if they hadn't teased Billy and Tommy's return. I've just finished reading Young Avengers and I am very much looking forward to seeing Wiccan as part of that team. Definitely. Imprisoning Agatha as Agnes reminded me of the Avengers standoff comic. But is she just wandering around regular D-Hex Westview now? Fight scenes were very fun. I think I'll re-watch those for years to come. Thanks for covering the show. Definitely one that benefited from the extra discussion. Thanks so much for listening, Matthew. Um, really good to have you on board for the series as well. Uh, some really, yeah, really good points there. I think, uh, I think at least teasing that we may possibly see Billy and Tommy is important because they're two quite big characters that people love now. They're, they're, uh, they've been around for a, for a decade or two now yeah. uh, at this stage. So lots yeah. of, uh, lots of fans of their, of them from the comics. So hopefully we'll see them back in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to Young Avengers. And yeah, I, I agree. I'm so glad that we, we got, um, the tease of Billy and Tommy's return there uh, in, in the cabin in the mountains. Um, yeah, that was excellent stuff. And yes, I think Agnes or that version of Agatha is actually walking around. Uh, a dehexed version of Westview. Now I think she's uh, she's living there now. She- yeah, that's that's what I understood. Is that in, in a sense, Wanda j- just put a hex around um, Agnes. Although she looked like she went back to the the fifties, well, so she's going to look really weird. So with that she was the two thousand. She was the she was the two thousand. Um, yeah, she was the one family version. Yeah, the twenty twenty. Ah, okay, it's just her hairdo look will look strange in modern Westview. Yes, even popular fifties hairdos come back around I guess in so. time. That's, oh, that's it swings around a bit. Swings yeah, around exactly. a bit. Exactly. Thanks so much, Matthew, for that. Ray Felix says, "Which one of you guys said that Ultron actor James Spader was in the credits? I couldn't find them." That said, the Ultron theory, the Mephisto theory, and the Nightmare theory turned out to be just that. Exactly hopeful theories but ray says hopefully we get one or all of them in the doctor strange movie i loved the ending and i think the scarlet witch will be the next big bad in the marvel universe it was a little disappointing with the explanation for pietro Uh, why didn't the vision go looking for wanda after getting back his memories Mm. that i don't get he just fell off the script i hope to see a season two yeah, we would really love to see a season two of WandaVision to see what uh, Jack Schaefer and um, Matt Shackman uh, can pull out of the magician's hat, well, exactly. I think, for this. It would be really, really cool. I think in terms of theories, I think we all threw out different theories. Um, it would be interesting because I certainly... You know, Mephisto, who knows, maybe, maybe not in, in the overall arc of this, but I don't know whether Mephisto will be, um, there in Doctor Strange. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, it will be a lovely web to untangle as we move, uh, over the years with the, these new slates, uh, of TV shows and, and movies, uh, for sure. Yeah. In terms of why Vision didn't go and follow up, uh, Wanda, I think we kind of mentioned it in the, in the episode itself that, this version of Vision doesn't have his emotion 
this version of Vision didn't have his memories or his emotion. Now he's got the memories back, but it's kind of like, okay, this is a lot to process. I'm off. <laughs> it's, it's what it feels like. So he is a different Vision than we've seen in the movies and in WandaVision. Uh, the White Vision is a, vi- a different character that hopefully sometime in the future, whether it's a season two of the show or whether it's uh, in a future movie, hopefully we'll learn a bit more about him there. Um, on your point about uh, us mentioning that uh, James Spader was in the show, I think we actually just mentioned that when you Google it, as I mentioned earlier on this episode, when you Google it, he comes up in the cast list. Um, yeah, he's think, in IMDb. Yeah, and I think that's that's just in general. So that's the cast for the whole show. And the reason for that was because we did get a, a snippet of a moment from Ultron, and I think his voice may have been in the background. But Google's weird with with that when they put together a cast list for a show because <laughs> it's not like IMDb where somebody has somebody from the production team has put it there. It's probably that people have been searching a lot. WandaVision, Ultron connections, and his name appeared in the search and hired up in the in the cast list. So yeah, um, so he wasn't he definitely wasn't referenced in this episode as a cast member. Exactly, and I think Ray, to your point about Scarlet Witch being the next big bad. Yeah, I mean, that tee-up of her reading uh, The Darkhold um, as her only source of reading in isolation (laughs) in the middle of the mountains with no TV, no radio, uh, listening to, um, I guess, the... The screams of her kids um, is only going to uh, exacerbate potential madness moving forward for for this for this character. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how um, she evolves in the Doctor Strange movie. Yes, thank you so much for your feedback, Ray. We also had some feedback from Jeff Childs who said, "Outstanding series. Will Wanda look for the boys in season two or Doctor Strange?" Oz, the Great and the Powerful, was playing in the theatre, which was directed by Sam Raimi, who was directing the next Doctor Strange movie. Yep, I think we called that out as well. Mm -hmm. Called that one. Uh, Jeff went on to say, I love that vision defeated White Vision with a metaphysical question about the ship of Theseus. And their battle showed a better use of his powers than in previous fights. I didn't see any direct setup for Spider-Man. I assume Doctor Strange will be helping Wonder with her powers, but that's a whole year away. Yes, Jeff, it's a year, but then, as, as Derek said, they're nearly uh, finished filming, and I believe, in the UK at the moment in Pinewood. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, what, a lot? I'm assuming that's going to be CGI heavy, so let's assume a year and a half, just to be safe. <laughs> he was he was saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's that far away a year." And you're saying a year and a half. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> Chris is like, COVID, "Oh, it's not a year away. It's a year and a half away." Best set expectations. <laughs> Everything will move. Yeah, I think the only setup for Spider-Man on the show is the amount of spiders in the basement of uh, of Agatha's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and I guess the thing with the Doctor Strange is, yeah, will. Doctor Strange and Wanda be teaming up or will they be fighting it out? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a difficult one to know because, you know, that the end of this series, you know, she, she, it's, it's like she has finally, um, bec- become at peace with her, with her grief and what she needs to do in, in bringing it, it back to ground zero and pulling and collapsing the hex back yeah. in. But just that end credit scene, and you see the eyes right at the end when she hears the voices of Tommy and Billy. Um, <laughs> but you see yeah. that, you know, the eyes are kind of very determined, looking pretty evil given that she's, they're red and, um, she's reading the dark hold. But it, it, it's an interesting one. She's been redeemed, but at the same time, that last bit where, um, you're just kind of going, what poison is the dark hold? Um, 
bringing to her mind. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe, so yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah. So thanks so much, Jeff, uh, for the feedback. Uh, Salima Kisler says, wow, I absolutely love this show. Awesome entry into the MCU, and I have very high hopes for more Disney Plus content. Mm -hmm. This series gave us classic costumes for Wanda, Vision, and Quicksilver, a crossover from the Fox X-Men films. I know it's a technicality, but I'm counting it. (laughs) Uh, It gave us white vision, created a new superhero in front of our eyes in Monica, finally name-dropped the Scarlet Witch along with backstory, and ended with a new badass costume for Wanda, who is now a fully formed superhero. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the podcast, The Multiverse of Madness, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Exactly, Salim. Yeah, there is a smorgasbord of exciting stuff to come uh, with um, the the new TV and, and the movies. And as you say, the you know the the rundown of what this series gave us um, is really quite phenomenal. And you know, gave us uh, Wiccan and speed as well yeah. so uh there is loads here that, that it has both sort of sort of reaffirmed within the universe by giving wanda the the title of the scarlet witch um but uh yeah also introduced some great stuff here mm-hmm. thanks Lee. yes thank you so much Salim. we also got some feedback from the one and only michael walling who said loved it loved it loved it I was a little disappointed we didn't receive a Doctor Strange cameo, considering we had a Sorcerer Supreme mention, but it was still satisfying ending to a satisfying show. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thanks so much for the feedback, Michael. Yeah, it would have been great to have had Doctor Strange, though, in a, a little cameo, uh, but I can certainly live with the Sorcerer Supreme name drop. As always. Thank you, Michael. Next piece of feedback comes from Mark Kirkman of the Panels to Pixel podcast, who had this to say. I thought they wrapped it up well. I expected more within the episode. Loved the vision on vision talk about the ship in comparison to their own existence. Wanda's vision giving the real body vision the reality of his existence and his memories from his restricted memory banks. I hope to see him again. I had thought Ralph was the missing person on the milk carton, and the fact that that wasn't confirmed bothered me. At least we did find out who Ralph was. That end credit scene was amazeballs. Loved it. (laughs) Now we know where Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness starts off from. Still sad to not see Benedict Cumberbatch in this episode as Doctor Strange. It was a sad tale about Wanda nonetheless, but gave us pure entertainment. Yes, thank you so much, Mark. And yeah, I think that's everyone's. I think everyone's just like, it was sad not to see Benedict reprise his role just towards the end. But that's fair. Look, look, COVID, everything. But we will definitely see them in a year to two from now. I'm extending it out to two years just in case. <laughs> it keeps going higher it and higher. It'll be four years by the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, Thanks so much for that, Mark. I'm disappointed I didn't see Nick Fury continuing his streak of uh, of the highest number of appearances by an actor in the MCU. Um, but you saw his mirror in Sword and Hayward. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we've gotten to the end of the series and John is still using that joke. So it has nothing to do with Shield. <laughs> I know it's all. Finally, over on Facebook, Brandy Elise Anderson says, I think a lot of people are disappointed in the finale because so many of the fans' big theories didn't happen. Didn't happen yet, that is. So I decided to rewatch it before I posted my feelings. And I'm glad I did, because now I can see it for what it did give us. 
As I pointed out last week, there are parallels between Wanda and Agatha. The fact that both of them were powerful witches who lost their families young, and as I'm not positive Agatha meant to drain the witches of her coven, at least not initially, then we can say both Wanda and Agatha lashed out and hurt others in their attempt to protect themselves, and both had to navigate this change in their magic. But Agatha is not the only bad guy who shows parallels at Wanda. Hayward remains steadfast in his belief of his own actions, and nothing will get in the way of him moving forward, and he tells himself that what he's doing is for protection. This is like what Wanda is doing to the townspeople, even as they tell her how they are suffering. She still tried to justify it as better for them. Also, not to be forgotten, Hayward edited the footage of, uh, of the video that Wanda's stealing Vision's body, and Wanda censored the broadcast. The Easter eggs were pretty good in the show. Wanda hitting Agatha with a car was more than the Wizard of Oz callback. In Civil War, she pulled the cars down on Tony. And Wanda sneaking up on Agatha before hitting us with the red wiggly-woo that Fietro mentioned was shown in Age of Ultron. Um, When Wanda used that technique against Tony to give him the nightmare. Uh, White Vision also got to have an Age of Ultron callback when he picked Wanda up by her head. This is how Vision grabbed Ultron. Ooh, nice touch there. Mm, Definitely. Yeah, this white vision was just born yesterday, just like that vision was when he attacked uh, Ultron back in the Age of Ultron. Very cool. Brandy continues, Wu getting out of the handcuffs, call back uh, to Darcy being an escape artist, and Wu learning up-close magic, and his line, like the gum-drunk vision, flourish as he gets out of his uh, <laughs> as he gets out of his handcuffs. Very cool. Uh, who's the witness? My guess is the mailman, but mostly because I find him to be a bit of a weird character. <laughs> yeah, we, I know we saw the mailman last episode was a pizza delivery guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, that that um, Wanda passed when she went into ten. But yeah, he's uh, yeah. He kind of got more exposure as the series went on. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I agree. There, Brandy. He's a little weird. <laughs> uh, Brady says Monica's eyes have been at least three different colours when she got her powers do her eyes indicate what type of power she's fighting against pretty much I assume that yeah yeah, yeah it, seem, it seems to be that that's the case uh, she's got settings she does yeah can I use the blue setting now yeah Brady says, I called it, but Paul Bettany did us dirty yeah. with his prediction that he wanted to work with someone. I love that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Though I was not surprised since I felt Wanda was purposely missing Agatha. I had kind of forgotten about the runes, so that part took a moment. Uh, oh, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Uh, if you didn't catch the, the runes set up from the last episode, uh, it might have been a bit surprised that that's what Wanda was doing with her powers uh, in there. Uh, Brandy says, so many questions about Wanda's comment. Thank you for choosing me. It's totally the same. <laughs> says the scene with Wanda and Vision saying goodbye reminded me a lot of the Infinity War scene in Scotland. Wanda has lost so much throughout the MCU. She has lost pretty much everyone. So it's nice to think Wanda finally has an opportunity to say goodbye, but in a healthy way. This ties in with the conversation I was having with Alan Thomas last week. This show is all about grief and loss, but yeah. mostly it's a show about the importance of Wanda dealing with that grief. Yeah. And I liken Wanda, Wanda's explosion of power as to when we non-magical beings lash out, either verbally or physically, because we are experiencing emotional pain of some kind, and the casualties are those around us. And while we may not suppress people's personalities as Wanda did, our harmful actions can cause them to withdraw and change the way they interact and trust others which can actually change their personalities in the long run. This is shown when the townspeople watch Wanda with distrust and anger as she walks through the town. Also, I think this can be used to set up humanity's distrust of mutants as the MCU moves forward. Call back to Doctor Strange with her reading the book while her other one moves around. Is this the astral plane that she's studying on? And I just have to say, I called it right on the For the Children chant not being about Wanda's children, but about the children of Westview. So we'll just... 
ignore all the things I was wrong about and just focus on I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely the best way to deal with all the theories that we've all had uh, in this show, Brandy. Uh, Take it for what it's meant. Uh, Some theories we got right, some we got wrong. No, we got everything right. We just don't talk about the ones. Take the win, Chris. Take the win. And absolutely, uh, Brandy, your synopsis effectively of this series um, is spot on. Mm. Completely agree with every word you say there. Really good. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful way to, to describe yep. it, the, the, the love and loss and how we reach out uh, and how we can damage other people's way of interacting and personalities. It's a, a lovely way to describe it. Yeah. We also have some voicemails that were sent in by feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. First up is a voicemail from the one and only Ray from Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. The Moon Knight podcast. Yeah, Chris. the Moon Knight podcast. In the same way that we are the nexus of all podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hello, TV Podcast Industries. This is Ray. Going to leave some feedback fresh oh, after watching that last episode of One Division. Oh, there's so much to to really talk about, but I won't go through it all. Um, just some some big points uh, of note. Uh, for me, fantastic to see. I'm going to start kind of at the end to see the Scarlet Witch costume uh, i reckon that was a big payoff i really enjoyed that um and uh the special effects were, were fantastic uh, the fighting between the visions and agatha and scarlet witch was just um, amazing so i really did love that aspect of it and we got glimpses of it uh, we got the name mentioned last episode but to see her in the full garb was uh yeah beautiful stuff um uh second big point i guess was the the really sad um Really sad uh, scene of, I guess, saying goodbye, and and this is the, I guess, the acceptance part of of the grief grieving process. Uh, so particularly seeing Tommy and Billy uh, putting them being put to bed was really sad. Even Eve mentioned as well. She's saying, "Oh God, this is this is quite sad." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, it is. It's a quite a quite a beautiful and a sad moment." Uh, and then seeing Vision go as well, um, very sad. Um, so the sacrifice, I guess, that she would need to make in order for Westview to revert to normal, uh, was a big one. So a big sacrifice again for Wanda. Um, the stuff with the visions, I thought the visions was great. I love the talk about the ships of Theseus. Uh, and I love the reasoning that um, conditional vision had on white vision. Now, I guess this is one of the holes that kind of still is lingering. I, I thought we were going to get some sort of um, closure on that, but... Um, from what we know, I guess the white vision now has now is just as uh, as good as a conditional vision with with all the memories, uh, maybe not the emotions, but he does have the memories of uh, conditional vision. So uh, we'll see him come back, I'm sure. Uh, but he's he's away. I, I I would have thought that we would have seen him again after he kind of flew off um, in that scene. So a little bit of a, a dangling thread there, but not too not too bad uh, at all. Uh, Monica, Monica's powers were fantastic to see. I would have loved to have seen it a bit more of it, um, but really great to see her change her her form, her corporal form, I guess. Um, we started to see her become light, uh, and that was really fun as well. Now, finally, I guess just the, um, the end credit scenes, two of them, uh, I must admit, having high expectations to see Doctor Strange, and incidentally, to hear that the Scarlet Witch is, is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme is just, oh, it's, it's mind-blowing. I love it. But anyway, I, I would have loved to have seen Benedict Cumberbatch. I guess, you know, we didn't get that. And I guess they were alluding to, the cast were alluding to Evan Peters 
um, as the big special kind of cameo appearance. Uh, I was hoping we'd see uh, Stephen Strange in there, but not to be, unfortunately. So kind of those end se- end credit scenes, I was hoping we'd see him, but he didn't. never turned up. It was good to see the Skrulls, though. Um, now, these last two uh, end scenes confused Eve to no end, so she totally lost lost it. But she loved the episode, I guess. Um, but they, these end credit scenes were just a bit confusing. Um, I'm assuming then uh, the Skrull, the friend of Monica's, referring to either Talos or... Or Nick Fury, uh, so that's cool. So we may see Monica in Captain Marvel two, which is awesome. Um, and in the the end credit scene, again, it, it looks like Wanda is uh, has actually projected her form and is looking for a way in the darkhold in the the evil magic of bringing back Tommy and Billy. Uh, again, there was a bit of setup there. I thought again we might see someone, <laughs> you know, as she's kind of made herself a hermit somewhere up in the mountains it was a beautiful scene but um yeah i was was hoping there was something a bit more anyway this was a it was a great ending i i enjoyed it it was was a good way to finish this season i'm kind of left wanting more definitely i'm sure we'll get some in the movie we'll get more answers in the movie but i mean my god they better bring on a season two otherwise heads will roll um finally as well i just wanted to say eve mentioned uh, i had to laugh out loud uh in the fight between agatha and scarlet witch uh, when scarlet witch reveals that she's uses runes and she's about to defeat agatha uh, eve just said without any compunction just end her just end her so so she had no emotional attachment to agatha but i thought that was quite funny uh she she just thought agatha was just too evil and she just wanted to to have her defeated straight away. So, um, yeah. Anyway, final thought as well, quickly. Um, Agatha, a nosy neighbour. So Scarlet Witch has, has reverted Westview to the way they are, but I'm assuming then some separate spell. She's made that uniquely for Agatha. So she's going to stay in character, potentially be seen as some a bit of kooky or crazy neighbour in, in the real Westview. That's how I'm seeing it. But, um, yeah, immediately that was kind of an inconsistency, but I guess that's um, Agatha's punishment. She's going to be staying in character. Anyway, I loved it, and I, I, again, can't wait to hear what everyone thinks. Um, yeah, WandaVision just ended, I think, in a bang. I loved it. I loved it. I love the series. Uh, let's let's see season two. Catch you later. Thank you so much, Ray, for that feedback. Yes, um, yeah, a few of... Th- a few good call-outs there. I think the the core one for me is, yeah, we just, um, as Eve said, uh, they could they have ended her the way that they, just that's it? Could they just <laughs> killed off Agatha? I don't think so. End her! End her! She just downward thumbs. It's like that. Just, off with her head! Like, I, I love that Eve got into the show. And Ray's mentioned a few times before that his partner is not massively into comics at all and, and certainly not into any of these movies. So I'm glad that by the end of the series, she's that interested in the show that she's calling for the head of Agatha. Yeah, uh, and, really and the the emotional side with the the twins and, yeah. and with Vision. I mean, I definitely thought that was just really so uh, nicely uh, acted yeah. um, by everyone. And um, yeah, Stephen Strange gone but not forgotten. I, yeah. I guess on this, yeah, I think we would all love to have seen old old Benedict Cucumber Batch um, come into <laughs> come into the the end here. But uh, I, I guess the closest thing was his name drop uh, which was pretty good and and certainly adds a bit of spice to Multiverse of Madness Mm. and these two characters being there which is uh, really awesome 
Yeah, the Sorcerer Supreme was the name up, not Doctor Strange. But he um, is the Sorcerer Supreme at the moment. Is he? Or has Just, just because Mordo I've been having a go at S.H.I.E.L.D. all this <laughs> or time. Or has Mordo taken the mantle of uh, Sorcerer Supreme? Because there's too many magicians in the world. Uh, too much magic out there. Uh, thanks so much for that, Ray. Great to hear your thoughts. Um, I know yeah, we've had absolutely. Ray on the episodes before on, on the podcast. And hopefully when... His show, Moon Knight, starts to air. Hopefully, we'll have uh, we'll have Ray on to talk about Moon Knight uh, in the future. Thanks very much for your feedback. Yeah, uh, thanks so much, Ray. Right? Yeah, our next voicemail comes in from Alan Thomas. Hey, guys, this is Alan Thomas from the Facebook group. I've been leaving feedback there all season, but I wanted to try this out for the finale. So that was a decent finale, although it sure seemed like Agatha had the opportunity to press her advantage and failed to do so as quickly as she could have. A common problem with villains, or we'd have a lot more dead heroes, I guess. I did think it was clever for Wanda to learn that lesson about runes and apply it in such a giant space. So is Agnes just going to live her life among normal people now? Will she have to get a job and find a place to live? I didn't really understand either of the credit stingers. I'm sure you'll explain them in the podcast. The high watermark for this series, to me, was achieved in the third, fourth, and sixth episodes, all three of which were completely delightful. The second and fifth were quite good as well. The other four were decent, but nothing great, so the series started and finished less successfully than I would have ideally liked. Still glad I watched the show, though, and I've enjoyed your coverage of it and the discussions in the Facebook group. I've been making a game all season of seeing if I could figure out what a fungo pop is without looking it up. Still have not. Thanks so much, Alan, uh, for the feedback. I, I guess if we were to describe a Funko Pop, it may sound like some horrendous Frankenstein-type experiment that has been conducted uh, on the characters. Uh, but certainly you are in the running, um, along with everyone else who has been involved in the pub quiz, to um, to get one of these uh, strange items that now, you have never seen before. Remember, there is only there's only one winner uh, of the uh, Funko Pops for feedback, and uh, one yeah. person uh, who sent us in the uh, pub quiz questions and who gets the most of them right uh, that will be available. So unfortunately, you may never know what a Funko Pop is unless you search it. But effectively, they're toy representations of characters, usually very cute, uh, of very of very popular characters. So uh, there are some from WandaVision, and we will have some coming up for Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Oh, God, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier ones? Yeah, I've got, oh, I I've haven't seen got them. those delivered. I have those, I have those here. They came out before the WandaVision ones because Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be out before then. So I actually have those three in hand. There's some of the WandaVision ones that are still on their way to me at the moment. Uh, Alan, thank you so much for your feedback. Really good yeah, to hear absolutely. from it. And you're right, there is that failing of the villain when he has his hands clasped around the head of Wanda and then uh, stops for a second rather than just crushing her head <laughs> and saying, I thought you were supposed to be powerful. And then uh, vi- the other Vision comes in and saves her. So uh, yeah, that is pretty much a failing the, uh, yeah. of any kind of bad guy they always have to have a little monologuing before they uh, before they kill their their intended victim how everything could have changed in that moment kind of would have ruined the show if, uh, if that's how it <laughs> ended though wouldn't it can you imagine it's like literally it was just like basically the great pop and then it's just fade to black that's it <laughs> like three minutes into the final episode of the show uh wanda's dead and uh, evil vision is on the loose uh really good to hear from y'all thanks so much for sending in your feedback uh we have another piece of feedback on voicemail from my good friend Anwen over in New Zealand. 
Hi Derek and John and Chris, it's Anwin here from New Zealand. Just calling in before I watch the finale because we're not sure if I'll have time afterwards. Just to let you know how much I have been loving this series. It's amazing. The first couple of episodes I was about 80% confused, 20% loved it. And then that ratio has slowly reversed all the way through to the end where we're finding out exactly what's happening and who's behind what. I've really loved your podcast. Thanks so much, guys. The information has been incredible. I have, I'm not a comic reader, so I don't have all the background stuff. I'm fairly familiar with all of the Avengers movies, and I'm looking forward to going back and watching um, The Age of Ultron again to really give me that background. I love the um, commercial breaks and the commercial breakdowns you guys did, and they were so confusing at the start, but then to realize later what the content meant from every single episode and every commercial and why that happened was really really cool thanks for that keep up the great work i'll be listening bye thanks so much and so good to hear from you i hope you've watched the final episode now i think you have uh, i think i saw a comment from you on the facebook group saying you finished the final episode uh, it, it was so much fun like one of the things with this show because obviously all the episodes are being released on a week week to week basis you're kind of wondering whether what, what bits you should explain and what bits you shouldn't uh, when you're talking about the show and what, what bits of theories and what bits we should jump into the comic books and talk about. I think there was a point in the show we didn't even want to talk about Agatha Harkness, even though that name was out there. We didn't want to talk about Monica Rambeau at all uh, for the first three or four episodes because... We didn't want to spoil something that might be a big reveal for, uh, for for people who are listening who aren't fans of the comic books. But I'm really glad you've enjoyed the ride along with us for uh, for our return to Defenders podcast, I suppose. Yeah, thanks so much, Anwin, for for the feedback. And I mean, the yeah, the commercial break stuff was just really a great little um, different storytelling device yeah. within this series. And um, and yeah, it was a really interesting way of doing it and uh that's just so interesting again it just it spices up the series to see you know these stages of her life in commercial form and and then how that gets sort of explained there in episode eight um so yeah really really good um thanks so much again anwin Thank you so much, Anwin. It's great to hear you and great to know that we have Kiwis out there listening to us. Um, and yeah, like it's just fantastic to know that you enjoyed this as much as we do. We do try, as Derek says, to kind of be there for everyone, be it uh, comic book lovers all the way to new viewers and listeners. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's our band word, gentlemen? Do we remember right? My, Obviously. My first yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not allowed to say obviously just because it's not obvious to everybody. Uh, nobody has the same experience, right? Thanks so much, Alan. Uh, on to our final voicemail feedback from Steve Brown. Hello, TV Podcast Industries. This is Steve, and this is for the series finale of WandaVision. Uh, such a good, um, yeah, such a good finale. But, you know, it's it's strange. We didn't get some of the things that a lot of people were predicting, but we got some things that people were predicting. We got answers. We got uh, changes. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, so just a couple of quick things I want to mention before I send uh, – I'm going to watch it again before I send something off, I think, to to panels. But uh, that scene at the end, are we meant to assume that – Somehow Wanda is able to study the book while she's also like in a subconscious way or I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, and then uh, what happened to White Vision? Where is he? 
and what's going to happen with him. And do you think I'm assuming the scroll at the end, I guess it was a scroll, was referring to Nick Fury because he's the one who's up in space. So uh, a lot of good stuff. I kept ex- I kept expecting that Agatha would not be able to hold in Wanda's power. Like it would be too much for her to take. Uh, so it was it was a nice kind of twist to have it be that, that Wanda got it into her while she was doing those runes, I guess, and then she got the power back. So, okay, I, I can't wait to hear you guys break it down and explain all the stuff that I didn't understand. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Steve. You got most of it, uh, and and I think uh, I think we're about the same um, on our final understanding of the episode. I think. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And yeah, astral project, uh, astral projection is what's happening at the end of the episode. Um, which yeah, is the similar same. To Doctor Strange. Yeah, same thing that Doctor Strange did to get through the library at Kamatosh. Yeah, just feels like Doctor Strange two has been coming for so long that. Maybe we need to watch Doctor Strange one again to to remember everything that's going on there. I just watched oh, it last week. I remember. I watched Although it last said, week. Yeah, I, th- I think we've watched it about 15, 20 times yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> thanks so much, Steve, as always. And thanks so much for your feedback throughout this series. It's been really good at getting all of the voicemails and all the feedback in. Right now, I think we're somewhere in the region of 45 individual people in the pot for uh, those Funko Pops for the, uh, for the feedback. <gasps> They're in oh. the pot for the Funko Pop? In the pot for the Funko Pop. Oh, I thought you said in the pot for the Funko Pop. <laughs> oh, and I was like, ooh. It's a real competition. It is. It is. Uh, we'll be drawing out the uh, the winner of those goodies uh, next week on our next episode. We did just get one last piece of feedback in, one last email in while we were recording. Uh, but we had to include it because it's from our good friend Victor Von Doom. Yes, Victor says, Greetings, Derek, John and Chris. I found the series finale very exciting, but a few questions. One, I found Agatha's reference to the Sorcerer Supreme quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange must have been engaged somewhere else. Uh, what sorcerer could ignore this magical mayhem? Exactly, Victor, exactly. Two, what became of Agatha's rabbit? Three, where did White Vision go? Uh, four, does Ralph remain married to Agnes with or without speed power? Um, Five, Wanda must seek counsel from Doctor Strange. Um, Six, as for Monica and the Skrull, I hope her adventures hit the screen soon. And finally, happy to see Hayward go down. Thanks, Darcy. Darcy for the win. Exactly. (laughs) All in all, I enjoyed this ride with you and the Defenders. I look forward to joining you in Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcasts. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Thank you so much, uh, Victor, for the feed rack again as well. And the same to everyone across um, the the series of podcasts looking at One Division. And um, yeah, what happened to Agatha's rabbit? Um, because we were saying it was her son um, that yeah. was in rabbit form. Because it did eat a bird, so it's yeah. not a normal rabbit. And um, certainly something odd going on with the rabbit. But maybe. Um, he will remain with her as nosy neighbor Agnes. So uh, yeah, but we don't know. Um, I I guess maybe something happened. Um, but we'll see. I, I guess you're right. Maybe when Agnes comes back, we'll we'll see it. But certainly not as big a thing as we possibly were making it out to be, because we were all reading everything into every line. <laughs> exactly, and I definitely agree with you with the amount of magical mayhem. Given that uh, 
Agatha was drawn to Westview uh, initially because of that. You do think that um, Stephen Strange would be um, sort of a, a sort of tweaked in on that, but I, I guess it's probably to do with um, possibly COVIDy stuff. Maybe, um, yeah. but again, it might just be you know better to to leave it as him not being involved. I, I guess there's um, you know in, in writing the story like. In, there's a lot of introductions here, and I, as I say, I, I like um, just the just the astral projection element to Scarlet yeah. Witch. There being a, a nod to that, along with uh, the nod from Agatha. And as we heard in Spider-Man: Far From Home, he's off on a mission uh, six months later, so probably he's on that yeah, mission. Yeah, right he now. could be on yeah. that mission exactly. I, lo- I loved when John just said the COVIDy stuff. I just went, "Oh my god, Doctor Strange is working on COVID." <laughs> maybe, maybe he is a doctor and he has got magical powers, um, like like a lot of doctors have in the last year. Um, just a quick, quick thing that uh, that Victor pointed out there: just uh, does Ralph remain married to Agnes with or without speed powers? Um, just we didn't really mention it in the episode. Just Monica sees the uh, the necklace that he has on, and that's how Agnes is controlling him, giving him the speed powers and uh, putting completely under her spell. So when Monica breaks that necklace. After she takes him down, she breaks the necklace. So I think he loses his speed powers and also the control of Agnes at that stage. He's the only person that's being controlled specifically by Agnes in the te- in Westview. Everybody else is controlled by Wanda, right? Yeah, well, we, with the control, talking? yes, but the speed power question mark. He may be just a speedster, and that's why she like that could be why he was under wit- witness protection. He is a he's a an evil. He's the wizard. Like and he will he Maybe. like they there could be something like control yes under spell yes from the the kind of the the, the beads but the the power is the question mark and I don't think he remains married to Agnes no sorry that, that is definitely yeah, yeah. Like, that <laughs> is a whole figment of stuff my husband Ralph <laughs> but where will Agnes live then I guess she's if that's his home yeah she's she, she, she's living in a, a rabbit burrow yeah, somewhere yeah. with she, ralph she's a rabbit that's ev- where she's ralph everyone's is. nosy neighbor because she doesn't have a home is that what we're saying Pretty much. She's neighbor to everybody okay I, I think they'd probably be able to find her home in in westview she's just moved in there but thanks so much once again everybody for your feedback really good to hear from you all as i mentioned we'll get hopefully a little bit more on our final episode for one division this is not how it all ends we aren't taking a break for two weeks i uh, just want to mention that pennyworth is returning uh, tomorrow, uh, as we record this, returning on the 7th of March, we've already recorded our Pennyworth podcast, the 556th episode in TV podcast industry, boop, boop. which makes this one the 555th magical episode of uh, TV podcast industries. Ooh, 555. It, it's a shame it didn't get to 666 uh, well, as we hit the dark holes. In mm. 111 episodes, when Doctor Strange 2 eventually gets released, apparently, according to Chris, <laughs> uh, that may be our 666th episode. Oh but thanks so much for joining us. If you do want to hear our discussions about Pennyworth, it's about halfway through the season. The episodes are being released weekly now on Epics. If you do want to hear them, make sure you stay subscribed to tvpodcastindustries.com or the Pennyworth podcast feed uh, over there on uh, any of your good and evil podcast catchers. Uh, we will be back next week with WandaVision and the uh, the final wrap-up for that. And then on the 19th of March, we'll return with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcast. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how they, uh, how they catch up with these characters and seeing them um, fight for supremacy as the new Captain America, maybe. Exactly. I, I hope Sebastian Stan has been working on his guns. 
I think he does that twenty four hours a day. Just single gun. gun. Yeah, single he only gun. has yeah. one. Oh, arm. Gun. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Although he does carry many guns. True. His so gun. he, okay, yeah, actually fair point. He has many guns, but one gun should no, doesn't work. Uh, yes, I can't wait to be back with you guys and with the rest of the audience. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Absolutely. It is going to be interesting. We will need to think of a, a better way to say that show title. <laughs> Wincom. That it could be kind of like a convention. Wincom. Okay, that could work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Agnes's Wincom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will speak to you again next week. Yes, thank you so much, fellow defenders, for for joining us. WandaVision Season 1 has been an absolute blast with you. It's been great getting all your thoughts, ruminations, theories, you name it. It has been absolutely great, Uh, and the discussion just been so enjoyable. Yes, we will be back for the making of WandaVision and of course I'll wrap up with our pub quiz uh, draw and the feedback draw as well but again thank you so much for being with us on this journey through the ages as we followed Wanda and Vision together and remember keep watching keep listening and keep defending we've said goodbye before so it stands to reason we'll say hello again bye bye bye